And hello everyone, welcome to Top of the Card, the five-person wrestling podcast where we're not timely, but we are opinionated because it does come out a little bit after the news breaks, especially our last one with Vince, after Vince, and yeah, it's fun stuff. I am one of your co-hosts, Scott. Joining me, as always, are all four people, but we have a special guest. We'll do him last. It's more fun that way. Uh, joining me, as always, is CT. How are you today? I'm doing great, Scott. Excited to be here, but I won't say any more because I'm not the exciting one this week, so <laughs> no one wants to listen to me. <laughs> we'll get there. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. GMSG, how are you doing? Are you still here with the storm? Has that cut you out already yet, or what's going on? Oh, no, I'm definitely here. Uh, I'm glad you didn't say the opposite names with us since we were back-to-back. I was wow. a little worried, but <laughs> I finally, I think I'm finally over the cold the last four weeks I've had, so oh, I'm ready to go. That's brutal. That's rough. Red, how are you doing? You're here today as well? I'm here. I'm actually awake. I uh, I dropped an energy drink just for tonight for special reasons so you weren't up at 4 a.m again this time or no i was up at five but like i said oh, okay. I, I had an energy drink about an hour <laughs> ago so yeah, it's my sleep schedule <laughs> and bear me how are you doing i'm doing rather well i'm sober today so it's a good day <laughs> and and uh it's cool we got the cody Rhodes of youtube uh with us tonight so you know <laughs> making oh, i don't know about that one We'll make an appearance. You heard him there. Or like JTG or something. Well, I mean, he's still employed, so it's all good. <laughs> Joining us, you just heard him. It is Matt Zion of Reckless Eating. I'll give his shout-outs before we do our own. Matt's from Reckless Eating. You can find that on YouTube.com slash Reckless Eating, but more on Twitch TV. Twitch.tv slash Reckless Eating. Uh, his Twitter is at Reckless Eating and Matt Zion. We for Reckless Eating. That's Reckless with a W, by the way, as everybody knows that. Uh, Matt and I are good friends. We go back to the job radio days and before that, because he's the reason I was on job radio and that led to this here. And Matt put out a fun tweet about a week or so ago about how it's like, man, it's fun to talk about wrestling. I went, hey, want to come on the podcast? And here we are. So Matt, uh, I'll just do our own thing first because this podcast is top of the card. Top of the card pod on Twitter. You can find it on Spotify, on iTunes, on Apple, on all the fun stuff, Google Play as well. And uh, it's our Discord as well. If you go through those channels, you can jump into our stuff with the Frontline Prediction League as well. FPL uh, is the, the YouTube channel, Frontline Prediction League. We just had our SummerSlam event. Lots of fun on that as well. It's Frontline League on Twitter. But the big story here is we have Matt Zion joining us, talking about wrestling on a podcast for the first time, I think, since 2019 or 2018. Because I think oh, that's yeah. that's when that fallout happened. And we mentioned yeah. it. It was JRPL. It was Jabba Radio. We don't hide that. Yeah. Um, but, hey... Welcome. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. I'm sorry. If I'm a little low energy, apologies. I just finished a 24-hour stream. <laughs> um, so first time I ever did that. That was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, it's an exciting time in wrestling. So I'm, ex I'm hyped to kind of be hyped for wrestling. Yeah. For, you know, not just AEW because I'm a huge AEW mark. But uh, but WWE actually being exciting is is a what a time to be alive. Never thought we'd be talking about this anytime like re right recently. Uh, but we kind of all got thrust into this hurricane of uh, of change in a good way. So let's talk about it. I will mention um, some of us are quite critical of AEW. We like it for what it is, but I mean, mm -hmm. CT hates it. He hates Tony Khan. But That's I right. mean, Lee, Lee of uh, Java Radio, yeah. our old host, he absolutely hates it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that's okay. I understand. But I, I personally like it a lot. It's all good. It's all good. But, uh, yeah, we've been talking about the Vince stuff for the past few weeks. You can go back there and listen to our archives. Probably been, this is the fourth week of, quote, Vince stuff, even though it's the post-Vince stuff now. Um, yeah. The, the breaking news today was Laurinaitis is confirmed gone. So, yeah, the new regime is definitely happening. 
Um, as far as for the stuff, like, it started really with SummerSlam that really kicked it in. And I'm going to throw it to you in just a second to kind of go over it. But basically, we had Bailey return, yes. With EO Sky, new name, coming up from NXT. Cool. And Dakota Kai returning to the company. That's part one. And then, you know, The Last Man Standing was insane. The show was a lot of fun. We'll dive into that. Then the Raw that happened, uh, the rating was through the roof. GMSG can talk about that in a bit. But then Killer Cross, Carrion Cross, who returned with Scarlet attacking Drew McIntyre and confronting Roman Reigns, you know, the Universal Champion for two years, main evented on SmackDown. That, like, and now there, there's quite literally rumors about everybody who's left, from Bray Wyatt to Braun Strowman to Johnny Gargano and everybody in between. And they are in Ohio. It is Raw night, so we'll be, we'll be listening to that as we go. It's insane. It's absolutely bonkers with what's going on now. So as someone, like I said, you kind of fell out of it, you said. And like you watched, you always watched it, but you're critical of it. I know. But you're like me. You watched it anyway. What's, uh, what's your thoughts on this topic for the first time in years? Uh, well, I watched the pay-per-views. I haven't kept up with Raw or SmackDown for probably three or four years. Even when I had cable, which I haven't had cable for about two years now. Um, it was just costing too much money, and I was literally only had it for WWE, and I wasn't even watching WWE anymore. So, uh, you know, it comes to Raw and SmackDown. So I watch the pay-per-views. I try my best to, if something interesting happens uh, or a match happens, I'll try to catch the YouTube video recap of it on their uh, channel. But yeah, it's just it, the problem, and I, you know, stead, been uh, steadfast about this for years. Is until Vince was gone, it was never going to get better. Like it just it just wasn't. I mean he he is a seventy plus year old man. He is stuck in his ways. He clearly wanted it a certain way, and I just didn't agree with that anymore. Now for me, AEW it's not perfect or anything, but at least AEW was trying to do fresh ideas, or at least they would take old ideas and turn them fresh. Uh, so this whole thing came by I me. Mean, it's only been like what a month and a half, two months since this Vince stuff came out and then he stepped down. So like, it's kind of a whirlwind. It's kind of amazing how we're getting everything that, or at least, you know, internet fans, I don't know about general fans cause they probably don't follow it as close, but we're getting almost everything we've wanted. Just people that have a fresh take, you know, with fresh ideas, willing to push people uh, more naturally, you know, carrying cross is a great example of that. I don't even like him by the way. I am, I think he's incredibly overrated. I don't think he's a very good worker. He's got a good look. I think his entrance is awesome with Scarlet. Like, his presentation is great. But as a worker, he's subpar to me. He doesn't really have the size either uh, to warrant him being kind of like a big boss. But with that said, it probably was a better idea to bring him back with Scarlet and all the cool smoke and mirrors that cover up the fact that he's just an okay worker versus making him a BDSM uh, gladiator. I mean, there's a market for that, but you're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it's exciting. And I like that uh, NXT is going to matter again. Now they're going to have to, they're definitely going to have to rebuild that brand. I still think it's going to stay like colorful and stuff, which I do like. I actually prefer the look of this NXT over the black and gold, but I don't, every other aspect is worse. Um, I think that they're kind of um, holding the hands of the people to the point where they're not going to be able to survive on the main roster. So at least now we know they're going to give them more freedom. They're going to let them, you know, make their characters a little bit more unique to their personalities. And when they get called up, they're actually going to be those characters, which I, I never understood 
ever understood why you would have a developmental, uh, you know, thing. And then the moment you call him up, just ignore all that. Just throw it all out the window, turn him into a BDSM gladiator, or like, strip away everything that got them over. And it's not like in the old days when they had FCW in Florida, that was just a local show. So, I mean, it, it was okay to bring somebody up from that to the main roster and kind of wipe them clean. But, like, this is a TV show that was on mainstream network. Like, like it's not like it didn't exist and they always treated it like it didn't. So, I'm, I'm stoked. And so far, we've heard the term wrestling has returned, fan has returned, you know, title match, not title opportunity. Like, there's so many little things that I'm noticing already I'm hyped. I, I, the only thing I think they need to do now is, because Cody's hurt, uh, he would have been my choice, but I say put the titles on Drew, let Drew uh, go back and forth on both shows, give the fans the opportunity to see that it's not the Roman Reigns show anymore. As good as his run's been, I'm over it, I'm tired of it. Um, you know, I don't want this to turn into every single main event with Roman is the Usos helping him win and hold on to the belt. It worked for Brock, because they needed to do it. Uh, but I think it's time to show the fans that we're not just going to stick with the same old shit and we're going to be doing something different. So put the belt on Drew, give him a little run, a little thank you, because quite frankly, his pandemic run was, was sucked for him because he got screwed. He's a great champion, great wrestler, and uh, hopefully he can have a like, like, nice little run and we can go from there. I'm, I'm super hyped. I, I think that the WWE uh, fans are in for a roller coaster. I mentioned uh, weeks ago and on the past couple episodes and even a while back, the idea that Drew McIntyre and, and Moxley himself actually over in uh, AEW kind of deserved runs with fans around. Moxley mm -hmm. had like a week or two and Drew had nothing. Like he carried that pandemic era on his back. Winning in the yep. UK? Oh my God. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. That's going to be great. Uh, now, as far as for the, the specifics of stuff, like uh, not liking Cross as much. I know uh, CT is right there with you on a lot of that. <laughs> like, the look is there, but uh, the rest is kind of whatever. But that's, Triple H is going to push those strengths. Mm -hmm. And I know there's been talk, like, because that Adam Cole promo about, like, you're all smoking mirrors that make me special by ringing the bell. That's been coming up. I don't like up. that promo. I don't like that promo at all, though. Can I, can I tell you why? Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Is a that like I remember I think it was um, The Rock who did very similar promos back then, and I can't remember which wrestler said it. It might have been uh, Stone Cold, I think. But they talked about how uh, actually it might have been Shawn Michaels. But uh, either way, it was one of the top guys, and they said the worst thing a heel can do is to diminish their opponent because if you beat him, then you beat a guy that's not that good, and if he beats you, a guy that's not that good just beat you. So you yep. should always build up your opponent to be this world-class, amazing athlete, but just always there's one little extra sentence you add, I'm still better than you, though. Heyman did that a lot, too. He said that yeah, as well. Yeah. And now I, I agree, because the idea there, like people keep citing the promo, like how good it was, and it was a fun promo, yeah. And Cross even liked it. Like, he's, like, on board because he gets it. But they, like, everyone tried to say that's, like, that's definitive. It's like, well, no, but Cross won. He proved Cole yeah. wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't go with what Cole said. He was a heel that was wrong. But it's, it was still good for the moment. But, yeah, yeah it's, I, I'm definitely excited with you on this. I, I was thinking along the lines of the retirement or what would happen. Like, this seemed Triple H and Stephanie were kind of getting pushed out. Triple H had the heart scare and uh, Stephanie was going on her her uh, leave of absence and then this happened and they come back to save the family business as it were and within weeks we have remnants of black and gold happening like it's yeah. it's kind of where people were hoping like eventually the nxt black and gold will be main roster once vince is out of the way 
And mm-hmm. suddenly we see that possibility here. And isn't it crazy too how Nick Khan, Nick Khan became the CEO of this company? He's been there for what a year and a half, something like that, like yeah. two years. This guy came in as an agent to like the stars. And and now he's a co-CEO of this billion-dollar company. That guy's such a beast. Yeah. And the stock has gone up because oh, yeah. of all the changes that have happened. Everything is Ratings great. up, too. Yep. I even laughed at uh, Tony Khan's tweet. I mentioned it before, and I'll do it again. Tony Khan tweeted how he's now the longest-standing CEO or whatever it is. <laughs> even though Impact probably hasn't beat, you know, things like that. But I'm like, you're making fun of the guy. And he's gone on record since then and said, look, someone else is in the chair. The, the battle's going to get different. I'm like, you're making fun of the guy that kind of went neck and neck with you with a developmental brand <laughs> that's now yeah. in charge he's of the own, main roster now. Like, this is this is different stakes at this point. Yeah, so. I love Tony. Like, I really do like him. But the PS2 major problems, he is a huge mark. Uh, and that, I like mm. that has always kind of... I wish he could tone it down a little bit and be a little bit more of a professional. Um, and he's, uh, he's a little too cocky when he doesn't always necessarily have the, uh, you know, the, uh, the backup <laughs> for it. But I mean, that's why he's com- He's just a confident guy, but I wish he would, uh, you know, focus more on AEW. I mean, that's always been a complaint of mine from him is that he'll brag about this or brag about that. Like focus on AEW, make AEW good, especially when you have wrestlers underneath you, you know, occasionally coming out like a Jonathan Grisham, you know, like these little complaints of like, oh, he doesn't talk to us, like we can't get a hold of him. And then he goes and he, you know, brags about this, this, or this, has little shots for uh, towards WWE. Focus on your own shit for for just a little bit, because it would have, I think it would have um, major, major benefits to AEW if he did. Well, especially now, because like, I think Miro said something today about how he agrees with fans that he was presented better back in WWE. Even though he's had a fun Uh, run, it's been inconsistent. And I think the only time he was better was when he did the what was it the uh, the Rusev day. But look at how fast they right? screwed that up like but, yeah. instantly. And like <laughs> the, the other the last thing to really cover on this part of things is the idea that like people are going to go back. And I agree, people will when they can. Five year contracts are long, and we'll see what happens. But you see, like the whole undisputed era probably wouldn't have left if this was the main roster. Oh, guaranteed. No, come no to, right? way. Like, they're so loyal. They're going to go make some money, yeah. have fun with friends, and then come back. That's going to happen. Yeah. Like, Regal's even going to do it. I fully believe they're all going to do it. A guy like Brian wants to go test himself and do other stuff. Like, he was going to do it no matter what. I feel that. Like, 100%. But, he'll be back, though. He'll, he'll, oh, eventually. he'll come back. Yeah. I mean, I've said it yeah. forever. Jericho's going in the Hall of Fame at some point. <laughs> like, he'll come yeah, back. Yeah, Jericho like, pushes his career out in WWE. These, these, it's going to happen. Even the Hardys. Like, the stuff's going to happen. But I had a question for everybody though in in the podcast here because uh, I know my answer. But what hmm. is who's like the one guy you want to see go back to uh, WWE that they let go prematurely? I'll lead that off with Adam Cole. <laughs> let that. What's that? They didn't. He did his contract. They didn't let him go. I'll, I'll take that one back. Braun Strowman is my answer for that. Even though you know, control your narrative. He's a bit of goofy over there, but like he was the tailor made for this stuff. I think Braun's my answer on that. I love describing control your narrative as being a bit goofy. Um, I think there's a lot of money in Braun. I'd probably say Wyatt. I think there's so much potential in Wyatt still, and he's had good runs. But like, I would much. I'd love to see him back. Cardona. I want Cardona back. Right, Bray. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna say Bray. <laughs> I'm actually gonna say uh, Braun Strowman is probably the one that was let go too early and the biggest shock to all of us before Bray. So I want Braun back first. Yeah, Braun was a big one. Bray, my three were Braun, Bray, and Keith Lee. 
It's like, well, yeah. how, how do you not keep these guys on your roster? Because I knew that they'd get signed somewhere because you make room for them on your roster. Like, that just seems obvious to me. Keith Lee's an insane one, too. You guys, none of you guys said the one that I, the one that I'm holding out for, though. I think his only negative is that he's not very good on the mic, but he's getting better ever since he got released. But I think put him with a mouthpiece, and he'd be great. Uh, they, I, I couldn't know. I couldn't believe that they screwed him up. Bronson Reed was incredible. Oh God, yeah. And that finisher Absolutely. is un- unbelievable. Like he's, yeah, he dude. look, he looks great. He was money. Obviously, Triple H saw money in him, and then they just, they just Vince was just like, oh, I'll get rid of him. Fuck him. CT's happy. Uh. He's over in New Japan. He's loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be back to Swerve as well. Swerve as well. Oh yeah. How oh, did they screw up Swerve? Hit, yeah. The entirety of Hit yeah. Row. Are you kidding? Yeah, Remember when people row. wanted yeah. like New Day versus Shield versus Hit Row or whatever, like the the, the kind of groups that were happening? And nope. Or Bloodline. Yeah, I don't know about and, oh, I don't know about do like that? the other members of Hit Row, but just seeing Swerve on AEW, that guy is. I mean, he he was, he's a natural star. He has that it factor. He's good in the ring. He's charismatic. Like he and he's another guy that I guarantee eventually. I'm sure he signed a long contract, but eventually one day he'll probably go back. Murphy, I'd love Murphy to come back. Yeah, yeah. Oh good. yeah, I'd love to see um Alistair Black, Malachi, Malachi yeah. Black back. Yeah. yeah, I just can't believe how quickly it's like changing for the better. Even last episode, I was like, oh, like I'll believe it when I see it. This is a company that I've gotten my hopes in so many times, only to like be crushed time and time again. But like it really just feels like it's all just like going good, which yeah. I don't know how long it will last. But it really is like shocking to me that we're what like a couple weeks really into this. And, like, everything, including ratings, even, like, they're all just, it's an upward trajectory. It's really impressive to see. Hope it continues. Yeah. It goes to show you just how much they relied on Vince. Like, how Vin, it, this really was the Vince McMahon's, like, t- you know, sandbox. And it didn't heed, that's it. It, it. You could try to do things, but if you wanted to see the kind of progress that WWE could make, just look at when NXT was with, you know, Hunter. Like, they were actually allowed to do things in that company. It wasn't just the Hunter show. I'm sure he gave the final okay, but it sounded like he let a lot of people make a lot of decisions, and he just trusted their ability to do that. And that's what it looks like they're coming back to now, whereas with Vince, mm-hmm. it was just like, you know, it literally that entire show was just for one person's amusement, and it was Vince McMahon. So the best thing that could have possibly happened is whoever you are, even though I suspect it's probably the McMahon family themselves, but whoever that you are, whoever released all that dirt on Vince, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank well, God. I know it's interesting to look at the the history of it because Vince really did overtake the old man out of touch, the Vern Gagne's and the Jim Crockett's way yeah. back in the day. That's him now, and it's been him for a while. He still had yeah. like some good, like people will even say Kofi talked about it. You might not remember the journey, but the moment was amazing. Kofi Mania at WrestleMania was fantastic. But the entire build-up was crap, I felt. Like, it wasn't needed. Just have him go be get yeah. the guy, the challenger. So, like, the, the little pieces in between. But those moments, he still had his finger on a lot of that. But, like, his last decision, and I'm bringing this up specifically based on your tweet from about a half hour ago, maybe, maybe 40 minutes ago, was that he pulled Max Dupree from the Maximum Male Models because he graded people the wrong way. And he's back... And the MMM is fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's great now. But it's only great under the new regime. Under tr- tr- uh, Vince, it was just literally like a model gimmick. Nothing yeah. funny about it, nothing special. But, but that, that water um, ad at SummerSlam. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> it 
was so funny and entertaining. Instantly made me want to see more of those people. So what did you think of SummerSlam overall, though, Matt? Because you've been watching the pay-per-view, so this one stood out to you, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, you could t- see, I still don't think that some- you can count SummerSlam as a uh, new regime pay-per-view. There were elements of it that were great. They were finishing but, it off, though. Kind yeah, of there, it, was, it was the cap. It was the end of the Vince era, basically. So they were kind of handicapped with a few things that I wouldn't have done. Like, Liv Morgan and Ronda oh, never nice. should have been done. I mean, just never should have been done. It hurt both of them in the mix. Because I guarantee you the original finish was Ronda was going to destroy Liv and get a bunch of heat and turn heel. And instead it kind of, you know, just fizzled out. Um, another thing that comes out of SummerSlam is I'm tired of celebrity matches already. Uh, I I just, I'm let's focus on the wrestlers. I get why they do it. Uh, Logan Paul, to his credit, is very good in the ring, but I hate him forever, so I don't care how good he is. Um, you know, having Pat McAfee wrestle, I'm over it. I like him. I like him as a commentator. He, You know, it's fun to watch him wrestle, but... Just it, when you have these celebrities looking so good and dominant, it makes it look like anybody can do it. And if there's one thing from the Vince McMahon era that I hope that they keep is make the wrestlers larger than life. Make it look like this is not something everybody can do. It's something that you have to have the ability, the strength, the passion, the gift, and not just, you know, oh, look at the commentator can go beat one of the wrestlers. Like, it's just, it's not a good look. Um, But other than that, I thought the main event was excellent. That's the best Brock (laughs) Lesnar-Roman Reigns match. And that's sad because they main evented WrestleMania three times. Uh, But I thought it was really, really fun. And um, especially, uh, you know, the biggest disappointment was the tag match. I thought the tag match yeah. was terrible. Well, not terrible, but it was. It wasn't as good as Money in the Bank. Like it was. It was fine. Like it was. It was decent, but it just kind of ended out of nowhere. And I, I thought it was time to put the belts on the Street Profits. And maybe this goes back to the fact, though, they're just not ready to take the belts uh, in the power and direction and focus away from Roman and his crew. But it's time. I mean, it's it's just, we've had it for too long. And, um, you know, SummerSlam overall, that was a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I, I'm really curious about the next one, the Clash at the, the Castle, because that is going to be 100% them. This is this is Triple H and the Triple H era, and that's why I'm really hoping that they uh, they make some big changes. But, again, I'm, I'm just happy and excited that both WWE and AEW are fun to watch at the moment. So, thumbs up. No, you said that you feel that Cody should have been the one to take it off Roman oh, yeah. if he hadn't gotten hurt. I think that was the plan, too. Well, I, yeah. I think that I, still I was going to be the plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can see him winning the Rumble at this point and coming back, but I, I got to get your yeah. comments. You mentioned the heart and the passion. Yeah, Logan Paul's a great athlete, but he's scum of the earth. And Pat McAfee, great athlete, but like you said, it's that reminds me of Shane McMahon, who could go and do mm-hmm. those things twice a year really cool and do stuff that no one else could do on the roster because he got to not wrestle for a while and recover from it. That was a weird, yeah. unfair thing. But Cody Rhodes at Hell in a Cell, I got to get your opinion on that, your comments on that. That was insane, uh, right, with the torn pec? The, well, before we say that, though, the Shane thing, you know what the, the, the difference is between Shane coming in and wrestling a couple times uh, you know, a year versus like Pat McAfee and Logan Paul is he always lost. <laughs> he he yeah, always yeah. lost. That was yeah. like, he would always put the other guy over because he's not really a wrestler. So like, they would always make sure to make him you know, not the winner, at I least mean, most of the time. These guys are under contract. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know. Logan Paul actually is incredibly impressive. I mean, it's it's disgusting how good he is for how little experience he has. But I don't. Again, he could have a five star match that every aspect of it is perfect, and I'm like so impressed. I don't care. I hate him as a person, so I can't. I mean, I can't he, get him. he and his brother are part of the reason why Reckless Eating isn't on YouTube the same yeah. way anymore. Directly, yeah, it's, a pers- so. it's a personal beef. Yeah, yeah, personal yeah. Beef. yeah. <laughs> It's just uh, tragic, it's, like, out of everyone who could have been really, like, great at wrestling, yeah. great at the heel work, great so at, like, true. the character, it had to be Logan Paul. He's a talented guy, you know, it is what it is. Uh, oh, it's okay, so the, the Cody thing. Yeah, I just got to comment on that, I didn't, that, that was I didn't see the match. I didn't see the match, oh. I still haven't watched it. Um, I saw clips of it, though, and uh-huh. I watched, uh, you know, I saw pictures of the, the injury. Um, you know, I mean, the it was probably should not have happened. But, you know, it's not like WWE is, is at this point, it's not the WWE of old that's going to let, you know, Benoit go out there and wrestle with a concussion uh, or Eddie, you know, have a heart attack or be in, you know, drug addicts with the concussions wrestling or anything like that. It's a totally different era. So I'm sure they had him, you know, examined left and right. And I've even saw on Twitter there were a bunch of doctors that specialize in the injury he had. Mm-hmm. And they just said point blank, there's nothing he could really do other than compensate. Like, if he just wrestled a normal match, which, by all accounts, he did. He didn't really, like, change it up. Uh, they were like, he'll be fine. Like, yeah. it's not it's not going to do anything. It's so, not going to get I mean, worse. But no. still, like, it's going to it's gonna yeah. suck. Got him over saying. instantly, though. Anybody oh, who man. doubted right. him, I was one of them. I, I'm not a big Cody Rhodes fan. Like, AEW, for me, him and AEW, I thought he was just... He's a good, good wrestler, good... Um, you know, a good guy to work with other guys, but I never saw him as the man. And after that match and that that short run in WWE, they actually built him up to the point where I wanted him to be the one to end Roman. Um, I don't think it's going to happen now, but yeah, he, he. I think that that was a home run. It's one of the few things that Vince didn't fuck up was Cody Rhodes. He let and he let him just be who he is. Like he kept what was special about him. He let him just be himself, and it worked. And yet Vince, even after Cody, still tried to bring people up and like change them and mold them. It's like sometimes you gotta let these guys just figure themselves out. Cause like if you don't, you're not gonna get a Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're not gonna get The Rock. You're not gonna get you know Shawn Michaels. You're not gonna get a guy and let him be the best version of himself when you slap, you know, a, a goddamn BDSM mask on him and tell him to go out there without <laughs> anything that made him cool and anything that gave him the confidence that he had and tell him to wrestle a different style like Keith Lee, where they'd have him go out there and be like, don't do any of the things that you used to do that made you popular. Just be a big generic guy. Like, it's, it just doesn't work. So, but I, that era is dead now. I'm pretty confident that Triple H seems like he has a pretty good idea of what they're going to do. And uh, he's got the track record to prove it with NXT. So I I am so fucking hyped. It's going to be awesome. No, I'm just, I mean, overwhelmingly positive. I think this company is doing really good with pay-per-views, creating that, like, spectacle moment, whether it's Cody Rhodes, the injury, Money in the Bank with, um, you know, like, obviously winning Money in the Bank and the cash in there, or the main event here with the entire ring getting, like, uh, almost flipped over. That was awesome. I mean, it is just becoming great moments that make I think casual audiences like look at that and be like, "Oh, it looks cool. 
I want to watch that, which should be the goal. It should be exciting. And there's been so many shows that it's just been the most boring slog fest of just like nothingness, nothing matters, not very good matches, but they're able to really like produce some really solid shows to the point where like I'm considering watching weekly TV again. I haven't done that for years because it is painful. And why would I do that to myself? But like they're really delivering when it matters. I think SummerSlam was a great show overall. Uh, Definitely some matches here and there that are more forgettable, but just some great moments throughout and some great matches. The women's title match was really good. The uh, Becky one, obviously. Um, And then the main event was great. I mean, I thought it was a fantastic match. So it really is like delivering in those prime moments. I think that's the biggest difference for me between this and AEW as far as what I see. I watch an AEW pay-per-view. There's a lot of issues I have with it just personally, you know, but I don't think that company necessarily delivers in those big moments to make me want to watch them like this company is currently doing. So I'm, I'm overwhelmingly positive right now. Still not as good as new Japan. Let's be clear, but pretty good overall. (laughs) It's a good point though. Like I can, I can see what you're saying that AEW. I think AEW's TV week to week is excellent. I mean, it's excellent, but there has been many, many pay-per-view payoffs or just angle payoffs that didn't quite live up to that excellence. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a perfectly fair criticism of AEW. They very clearly value the TV, I would say more than the pay-per-views. They value those ratings. They value making those big moments for TV to the point where pay-per-views sometimes feel like they're building to TV. Um, it just It's a little bit backwards for me. I'm on the same page. I'm very positive about everything. But for one second... You guys noticed how Cody Rhodes came in, and then all this stuff started happening in WWE. Maybe he was the uh, the mole. Maybe he knew something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, SummerSlam was really good. I agree with Matt on the tag match with uh, the Usos and the Street Profits. It just didn't it didn't deliver, like, the Money in the Bank one, because that's probably in one of my matches of the year, up there with, like, Briscoes and FTR. Becky wrestling with that separated shoulder for an entire match with Bianca was pretty dope. That match ruled. And the... And the Brock Roman stuff was cool, like when Brock flipped him the uh, the mic and he caught it and he winked at him. I was gonna say was that cool. that was amazing. Like they they had yeah. to practice that. I don't think that was natural. Right. I think they had a bet like, or something, like something about it. Yeah, I I think with Triple H in charge, I mean there are sometimes like sometimes in NXT when he was running things with black and gold, I didn't always agree with it, like Shayna's title run and all that. But overall, I mean, I think he's gonna do a hell of a job. And I am just so excited. And also, with the whole Roman thing in the titles, apparently the rumor is that USA wants a main title back on their show. And some people are saying that's why Cross is in this match, because he might take the belt over to Raw, because he could pin Drew, and you could create something new over there. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Just do, like, um, you guys remember when we had the Undisputed title and Undertaker would go back and forth between SmackDown and Raw, and he had different feuds on both shows, like Jeff Hardy on Raw, and on SmackDown it was like The Rock and Triple H. Mm-hmm. Like, just do that, because like that way you get representation. It kind of sucks for the guy who's the champion, but I mean, you're the champion, so you're you're getting the most attention. But the idea of breaking those belts up again, I do, I am not interested in that at all. I do not want two champions. It just diminishes the, the championship, kind of waters it down. We were hoping for Roman on both shows, because I know I'll go yeah. to GMSG here next. We're we're still fans of the Roman stuff. We're not over it. I know CT's over it. You're over it. But Jim and I, we're still not on over board. it. I, I don't mind it. Like, if they keep it on him, that's fine. But my problem is, 
they are well at least under the vince regime i think that hunter might handle it better but the idea is the problem is is that they are not creating new stars anymore on with him doing that and that's it's the same thing as when triple h had his reign of terror they had all these guys that they could step up and make into money but they refuse to do it because they want to build up this one title reign and make it important and like it's i think it's a delicate balance because you can do it right but like brock did the same thing brock destroyed what in my opinion samoa joe and um braun Strowman especially got hurt big time because of that brock run like you you can't when 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 somebody is ready and they are about to explode and just be this big draw big money maker you can't sacrifice it for uh you know a year and a half two year three year title reign it used to work in the old days under hogan but spoiler alert hogan also you know crushed a bunch of people that could have become stars it's just it's one of those things um if he keeps it until mania that's cool with me um but i just i would much prefer to see that belt get a little bit more uh, traction i think they are going to have cody beat roman at mania I, I think so. that's going to be the plan, yeah. Because I think he's going to. Fa- I think I think Roman's going to do double duty that night. I think he's going to face Cody either night one or night two, and uh, Rock the other night. So, or at least that's how I would do it. But yeah, I know way way back, like you were saying, the the Hogan era crushing guys. There was only the one title, but there was also only like four pay per views. Yeah, some of that the time show there wasn't too. nearly the amount of shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even TV was jobber stuff. Like that only changed in the '90s when Raw yeah. started. There was like I remember watching it. It's like oh. Who's Mr. Perfect facing? Tito Santana. That's a name. They're both names. What's happening? Like it wasn't yeah. just some <laughs> rando guy. So yeah. Yeah. But GMG, over to you. Like I said, we're we're still on board with the Roman thing. Uh, I to to not say that you're against it, Matt. But I know the story is going to be interesting when he does lose it. That's going to be a fun story too. For like what, now, what happens? Uh oh. Like we we haven't even gotten there yet in the the Roman mafia boss type story. That's going to be a good twist to go down that road too. For now though, he's champ. GMSG, like I said, he's a big fan of the Bloodline stuff, so we'll go over to him here for this part. Funny thing is, actually, I'm wearing the newest Bloodline shirt, and I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I think the thing is with this year, because Brock, they want to make Roman and Brock like two equals of like main event time when they're not there every week. And then they both got hurt at WrestleMania, so that really messed things up for the next two months. And then Randy got hurt. It's going to be interesting. I want him on TV more, and I think that's what's coming, because in the recent weeks, he has been on TV more often. And also... With the stars thing, I mean, Riddle and Montez Ford both blew up after facing Roman and building to face Roman. So it's a mixed bag with certain stars. Like Owens didn't get anything better, but I think everyone considers him a top star still. Rollins always is, he's lost like 900, like he hasn't won about 900 days. And he's still considered a top star. So Roman's doing the ratings. Um, Scott mentioned it, but yeah, when he faced Riddle, SmackDown's ratings went like 500,000 compared to the previous week, which is insane. I know. I think he might hold it longer, but... Part of what Matt was saying with that, though, is like you mentioned Rollins and Owens, existing stars facing Roman. Cesaro, yeah, star, but he wasn't at that level yet, and it kind of kept him out of that. But Riddle and Ford, they definitely got elevated through it as well, so it is a fine balance, and... Like I said it was similar to Riddle back with Joe got and screwed Braun. though. Riddle got yeah. totally screwed because Riddle, in my opinion, is like the one of the few rising stars that could be a bigger star. And like they just paid off Riddle and Roman on a SmackDown that should have been SummerSlam. Like doing Brock and Roman again. Thankfully, it worked out. But Riddle and Roman would have been 
a match that people wanted to see. He, Riddle obviously didn't have to win. I mean, it would have been interesting, but they that would have elevated Riddle to another level, and instead they just they just kind of buried him. And then with the whole, I didn't understand the whole Rollins Riddle segment. Like they they were gonna have a match, and then they like didn't have it on there. Maybe they wanted the other matches to have more time, but. Rollins-Riddle would have been a fun match, and instead they just did that segment. It was very confusing. Reigns and Riddle should have been at Money in the Bank, if yeah. not SummerSlam. Yeah. Like, it still should have been pay-per-view, yeah. either way. Pay-per-view at the very least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing with Reigns is, like, it feels like sometimes it's like, hey, I can do a match, a long match on SmackDown or Raw instead of doing the pay-per-view to give someone else a shot. Because that's what he did with Hell in the Cell with the Mysterio setup is he got pulled from it. Got oh, last year, That yeah, match yeah, on yeah. SmackDown. And they gave that match to, who was it? Was Bianca? Bianca and Bailey, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah they weren't going to be a Hell in a Cell match, and then Roman's like, "I'll be on SmackDown." They get the match. I just feel like your World Championship should be on the pay per view. Like, call me yeah. old school, but I just feel like that should probably be reserved for TV or I mean for a pay per view. But Red, over to you to round us out on this. What do you? What's your thoughts on SummerSlam and all this? I started off the show basically with the whole premise of the show is going to be garbage on paper because I forgot how many matches, but almost every match on there was a rematch from when from the last month or two. And I'm just, I was tired of seeing it. Now we got a new era of triple H and he made me eat my words because the pay-per-view was probably one of the better pay-per-views this year from start to finish. The riddle thing. I agree. That was, don't tell me he's not going to be there to just have him jump the barricade and be there. Like if you're going to tell me he's going to be there, I'm going to tune in for it. Other than that, I, the whole show, like I said, was very good. I'm happy with the way it's starting to turn out. And I think uh, Roman being the champion up through Clash with only one title, what I want to see, because the rumors are USA wants a champion on their Raw, do what they do with, I think, Jericho and Angle. It was like a three-man match, but it was like whoever got the first pin got one title, whoever got the second pin got the second title. That way you can have Drew win one and Roman win the other and Killer Cross can take a loss. But then you split the two. Like, I don't want Roman with both titles. It never should have gone on both of them. I think Usos need to lose, lose a set of titles because you just shit all over your product when you have three people holding six of your titles. And I well, that's a stretch with tags. But you, you have this great group just dominating everybody, and it gets a very uh, repetitive of just wash and repeat every single feud. Now, I will say, yes, I agree with some of the stars being big, but I think Roman started with Jimmy when Jay got injured, and it was Roman versus Jay, and Jay became a star, in my opinion. It was a great feud. Yeah, it was really like, good. Beforehand, it was Usos, but Jimmy became a single star, and he still kind of shines over Jay. Like, yep. I know they're a tag, but if Jimmy wanted to go singles and they just split the two Usos, not a feud or anything, just go, all right, I, I want to go for a single title. I think he can hold on his own by himself. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to do, to, like, give him, like, when they put the Usos back together, I was sad. Because I thought he really shined on his own against Roman. Like, he looked damn good. It would be fun, by the way. I mean, they'll never do it. But it would be fun if they circled back around one day when they do ever break up the Usos, if they do and give him a run on his own, because he was awesome. He was one of the highlights of the, the COVID era of of, uh, of that time period. Like, he, he was just great. He took that uh, that small opportunity, and he turned it into something that was a home run. Yeah, because when they had that feud start, it's like, really? 
one of the Usos is Roman's first feud. Okay, that's weird. And then it turned into a three-match run that was like, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it, it was fantastic. And Roman talking during the matches is still one of my favorite things. Just how he would shit talk during those yeah. matches because you could hear it all in the Thunderdome. Oh, that was awesome. That was so I was sad fun. that like a year later they didn't do uh, Roman versus the other Uso in a Hell in a Cell because they were kind of teasing it. Yeah, I, I thought it would have been cool to have that and then have that's how he like put them in their place to to join him and then they just kind of ignored it. Yeah, I felt like they were going toward that, but while premium events have been getting better, I really hope Triple H now in charge actually helps out NXT a little more because their specials and their premium events have not been doing well, especially with the premium events having all the match results you expect happening the next day or two on TV. I hope they get that back in order how it used to be with NXT, where it felt bigger at the pay-per-view level stuff. I do feel like their their specials, like Heat Wave or New Year's Evil, whatever, that kind of does take away from the takeovers, if you want to call it that. But it that's the AEW thing that I've said a lot of times, where they put on these pay-per-view level dynamites, and then those are your free TVs, and then they go, all right, 50 bucks for the pay-per-view on Saturday. It's like, well, that doesn't look any different from your regular specials that you do almost every other week. It didn't seem to merit pay-per-view in a weird way. And I know NXT ones are a bit different because they're not pay-per-view. They're still network, whatever. But it does have that same kind of feel. It's like Heat Wave looks more impressive than the rumored takeover that we don't even know yet officially that's going to happen like two weeks later. What? Uh, it's, it's it seems like they're just doing it to do it, not because it's a special event. But Matt, you said I, you're, you're liking the the NXT stuff. Uh, no, I haven't really watched NXT at all. I've seen clips and stuff. Um, one of my um, l- l- uh, distant friends is uh, Duke Hudson, and I'm glad that they're. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know anybody was around during our old uh, editing days on like websites like Wrestle Fury and all that stuff. But uh, we used to do uh, WWF music video competitions and stuff and he was one of those people it's kind of interesting that like he's a wrestler now in wwe and nxt one of the other guys that used to do it too his name was triple hpk and he does like um editing for like tv shows and stuff and then one even another one too uh she used to be in our community and now she is like the personal photographer videographer for ronda rousey <laughs> so like a bunch of people from that community went on and moved on and did other things but um, NXT, the problem with it is it's it's just so, like, it's so obvious how small it is. And, like, again, I like the lighting on it. I just don't like that you can see that the fans are in, like, little minis. Like, it almost looks like you're going to, like, a baseball game for kids at those stands. The way, like, they need to redesign the fans, uh, redesign the, the look of the arena. But I like how bright it is. I don't like that they're putting people on in matches that are clearly not ready and I get that that's, they wanted younger people. Um, I think what would help NXT 2.0 a lot is one good move they made was bringing in Ziggler. And I was kind of sad that they didn't stick to that. I don't think he should have been the champion. But bringing in, let's say, five or six of veterans, like, like an AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, bring in the guys that are vets and have them intermingle and work with the younger guys would do wonders for them. But just having these guys that are super green and bland fight other guys that are super green and bland, I just it tends to make it look like a cheap product. Um, but I, I think they'll fix it. I mean, you know, Shawn Michaels is in charge of it. Now he's not beholden to Vince. So Shawn can do what he wants with it. Hunter can help out. 
So I, I think they'll fix it, but no, I in its current inception, I do not like it that much, no. I mean, you basically that basically is the old NXT systems where every taping you'd have some star come from the main roster and work the taping. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of small changes, like just getting out of the performance center, at least at full sale. There's some disbelief because I don't know how big that building is, but like just seeing the performance center, you know it's a small room, it feels small. Um, but I, I think it's hard with NXT because inherently it's I feel like it's going to be a disappointment to what it once was. I mean, back at the start of the takeovers, this was considered like probably the hottest brand in all of wrestling. Like the takeovers were considered some of the best shows of any company. So to like put it against that marker as far as like, oh, is it good or is it bad? Like I think is a little unfair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think they need to focus more on their specials if they're going to have them or if you just want to have tv then just focus on the tv um it's in this weird like awkward state but there's a lot of small things and i I agree with you i think hopefully it gets sorted out because i think the talent is all around really really solid there i think every pay-per-view we've watched of theirs um everyone in the uh uh, discord chat are like oh it's actually quite impressive oh i thought this was gonna be terrible but it's actually really good um but i think it's just it's inherently hard when you're like trying to continue what was that uh, considered like the best wrestling on the in the world i mean that's a hard a hard thing to live up to what's your thoughts on braun breaker matt you kind of mentioned everybody but the actual two-time champion yeah i mean he's got potential i just it annoys the shit out of me that they didn't just call him by his real name <laughs> no, that was his idea apparently the, he, he came up with that Someone should have said uh, no. It is stupid. <laughs> no, someone should have been stupid. like, that's dumb, don't do that. Yes, I well, They even brought in his damn father. And it's like, oh, look at it, it's his father. We're not going to say his name, though. Because <laughs> <he's, laughs> it's like, I, I didn't like that in the slightest. I He should just be a Steiner. He's, he's what is it, Rex Steiner? That's yeah. such a cool name. <laughs> it's such a yeah. cool name. Um, you know, I've gotten used to the Braun Breaker thing. He, he is definitely green as fuck still. But he's getting better. Um, he's a guy that it'll take him, it'll probably take him two to three years and he'll be ready. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's decent enough. Um, there's, there's a couple of like standout people. Uh, the only one I don't really like is, is it Joe Gacy? And it's not like his fault. It's just, he's just Bray Wyatt. Like I don't, I don't see anything different in him. Whenever I've seen a promo or a match, he's literally just, he's even like getting like cult members to fall. I just, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, this guy's just Bray Wyatt. Like, Bray Wyatt did it better, though. You know, Not they didn't book good, him yeah. Yeah, just some things like that. I feel like a lot of the problems are that they're going to have to deal with is Vince loved recycling gimmicks. I mean, I, he's done it for years. I mean, decades. So, and he was trying to do that with a lot of the people on NXT 2.0. So, hopefully, they let them get their own unique personalities, names, and gimmicks and let them grow. A little bit more like AEW lets their younger talent grow, just kind of do their own thing, and then maybe guide them along the way. Um, but yeah, other than that, other than the, um, like Duke Hudson, I just like him, but I'm a little biased. But I just think he's fun. <laughs> like I just the problem with him though is that he needs like a gimmick, and I think his gimmick is going to be that he's a bully because that's what it was when he was on the indie scene. He's just he just uh, he picks very very weak looking people or smaller people in size to him, and he bullies the fuck out of them. And he just started that with. Um, What's uh, a kid's name who's got the mask on? Axiom. Axiom, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how far that gimmick's going to go. But it was really fun watching Duke just toss him like a child. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was great. So, I don't know. It's NXT. It, you know what? It's just like WWE. It's all a work in progress right now. But I'm, I'm positive on it more than negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to move over to other wrestling topics, and this should be even more fun. Uh, CT, 
I was going to ask what happened in New Japan, because there's the G1. The G1's happening, and Jonah, Bronson Reed, as Matt mentioned, has been awesome over there, and things are going great. The, the tournament is wild. But they also announced a championship that I think, in some levels, nobody expected. Well, to be clear, they didn't announce it. Stardom did. Fair. Um, the IWGP Women's Championship, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. Um, very strange, as this company doesn't have women wrestlers. But it seems like them and Stardom, who are owned by the same company, are doing more of a relationship working both in Japan and in the States, especially, which is strange. Because already, like, I think it's a rather hard sell to go to, like, travel the country and outside, especially of, like, the main wrestling hubs of, like, L.A., chicago new york you know like the main towns to sell like these wrestlers are from japan from this company which is pretty major i mean you had kenny omega and the bullet clubs like they're somewhat relevant let's say stardom is definitely in the states not as relevant as that so i think i don't really get the desire from like let's say if they went to dallas texas again for them to go see stardom um, but yeah, so Stardom is doing New Japan stuff, and that's cool. They have a ch- championship for it. How will it be kind of handled? It's unclear because this has never happened before. But I mean, it's I'm open to it. It'll be crowned November 20th, I want to say the show is, when the first champion will be crowned. So I'm definitely open, but I have zero expectations for it. Um, but the G1 has been, yeah, fantastic. A Jonah beating Okada clean is wonderful stuff. The matches have all around been really solid. David Finley especially really standing out. Him versus Juice Robinson was, like, insane. Um, it's been a very fun tournament. A long tournament because they changed the schedule so it's longer um, than normal. But, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Now, Finley's involved with... Uh... Osprey a bit too right like he's kind of elevating into yes. that during this which is kind of a fun aspect that's going on and I know Lawler's involved in that too because he was you know the strong champion the American so Osprey's getting feuds during this whole situation which is just kind of what you want to see out of something like this that's the normal route to see but I would definitely say Osprey and the US title is the most interesting I would assume there's going to be a triple threat match with Juice of Finley and Osprey but um, that's kind of the three contending for it and it's been entertaining and it's been really good matches so I mean I'm, I'm definitely here for it Matt how much New Japan do you watch uh, absolutely none <laughs> <laughs> well not, forbidden uh, door no. Yeah, I'm I mean, it was, it was fun. I really liked that uh, four-way. I was just sad that Adam Cole got uh, hurt. And the, the, all anybody's going to remember is the ending, because that match was awesome. Uh, I thought Forbidden Door as a whole was good. Um, but I, my problem with wrestling, and it's still going to be a problem, but I'm going to try my best to fix some of it, is there's just too much of it. I you know I stream uh, five to six days per week, you know, five hours to 10 hours a day, depending on the stream. So, and then like my spare time goes to, you know, family, girlfriend, friends. So there's only so much that I can commit to, which is why I don't even really catch AEW's TV shows in full. I usually just go and watch matches online. Um, but yeah, there's just too much. So like, if I'm going to make time for AEW is always my priority because I like it the most, then I'll watch, you know, what I can of WWE. And if, if I have any spare time to watch any other wrestling, it's not going to be New Japan or, like, Impact or Ring of Honor or any of that stuff. It's just going to end up being, like, random indie matches or uh, or older stuff. Older stuff like your own? I'm kidding. No, I would. <laughs> God, I could never watch me wrestle anymore. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of fun. I know Red was about to say in there that he's not alone because, yeah, Red doesn't know the New Japan stuff nearly as much, right? I, I've seen maybe two pay-per-views. 
yeah, you watched. There was like a <laughs> one in like November or something. You watched one of the U.S. ones and then Forbidden One in Door. D.C. Yeah. I remember, and it was really good. And then the next one was like the Windy City. Right, I think. Why yeah. don't watch it? Yeah. <laughs> now, Matt, again, uh, with regarding all that, like the twenty-four hour stream you did yesterday, and that. So, to, to kind of go to your point of that, there's only so much time, and that's a lot of what WWE talks about about how they're competing with people, just getting eyeballs, yeah. getting time. <clears throat> and I know there's a lot of talk about Warner Brothers and their merger and stuff. And that's what they said. They're trying to maximize engagement of people's time. Yep. So if you're able to get you interested to watch TV, like CT's going to start watching TV directly or you're considering it even, stuff like that, it's like, okay, they're they're earning away your time from something else you were going to give it to. And yeah. that's I mean, the goal. Not even, not even just them. I mean, like, if you guys have seen what's happening with uh tiktok and instagram situation it's fascinating because i always say tiktok is uh is a cancer like it's just straight up a cancer you can like it you can enjoy it but it's algorithmically like it, it's designed to make you watch tiktok and like i said they still a lot of studies show that people that watch it don't even like it it's just your brain is tricked into watching it and tiktok has done so well at keeping people's retention rates that now Facebook, Instagram, even YouTube, because YouTube has the YouTube shorts now, they're all just copying TikTok. So it's like we're getting to this dystopian point where all of these companies, their goal isn't to make you happy. Their goal is just to get you to keep watching it and trick your brain into refusing to leave. So like I can't imagine pro wrestling, which isn't that popular. I mean, it's not unpopular either. But it's nowhere near where it was when we were younger. You know they're they're desperately trying to compete uh, with something and stay relevant, which is why they bring in a Logan Paul. <laughs> I mean that's that's all there is yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is because like I I hate that we've kind of moved away from making things good instead just tricking people's brains into sticking around. It it reminds me of something I saw with the whole Warner stuff where they're talking about making people watch and then the video game industry. I know EA talked about this and this is going to be relevant, guys. Trust me. A lot of people in the EA and video game development are trying to look at things and say, we want to be able to maximize things similar to the movie industry. Now, the movie industry will get you to spend $15, $20 for a movie ticket for two hours. They want you spending $20 for two hours on video games. That's the mentality they have. We want to make oh. more money per hour on a 10-hour game. They want this. However, the video game industry already outgrosses the movie industry. It's yeah. already more successful, but they think if we can actually monetize it, when someone spends 60 hours on a game, like how much time have you spent playing Skyrim? You spent 24 hours yesterday. If that was not Skyrim, but if you spent 20 bucks an hour on that, instead of just, oh, whatever you bought it, you bought it. That's the mentality of corporations and things like that. So when they're competing against that for time, they're happy to have you for two, three hours on a Monday and then maybe also a Tuesday. And I know Bear Me can relate to this, but people would often say there's too much MMA. The UFC has too many shows. The weird thing is they're not all for you. That one's for the Phoenix market to go sell tickets there for $4 million. And that one's for the LA market. Yeah, they're going to broadcast it all for the crazy people who do want to watch it all. But that, that's the mentality with wrestling too, except wrestling does say you got to watch every Monday and Friday, also Tuesday, and then sometimes on Saturday. And that's one company. And <laughs> it's, it's nuts. It's nuts to see that escalation. It's wild. The last thing to talk about stuff before we kind of go to a little more open forum here is, Matt, I'll go to you first. You talked about the old stuff and the older wrestling and that and Ric Flair retiring back in, I think it was 08 against Michaels. 
and then sorry. the craziness. I love done. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, teamed with Andrade to have his last match. And by all accounts, the card looked great. I know Red uh, did actually watch it and was invested in it. But old man Ric Flair should not be wrestling anymore. No. I, I mean, there's not much more to say to it than that. But Ric Flair has retired. We're a wrestling podcast. We kind of got to mention it a little bit. If there's anything else you want to say on that topic. Well, he was on who who on our job of radio days had him on their as their death pick on their death pool. <laughs> he was he was one of them. Was that Rab? Because I know I Lee kept Rab saying Terry might, Funk or Dory Funk. It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. That was Terry Funk still alive, didn't he? But wasn't he like at like a you know a home for people that are gonna die soon, like, like three years ago, and yeah. he's still kicking. He's Terry Funk. That's weird. <laughs> I guess so. He won't even retire from death. Uh, so uh, yeah, I I saw uh, clips of it because uh, I I there's no way in hell I was gonna pay to watch Ric Flair die. Um, but yeah, he looked terrible. I mean, like in what I've heard that uh, apparently they had like a bunch of spots planned. And um, he took the one stalling suplex from Jay Lethal, which did look really good. And then they uh, went to give him, like, a double uh, superplex. And he was like, no, brother. <laughs> it's like, I'm done. It's because that so suplex those, was really good. <laughs> yeah, all of the... Well, he was hurt. So, like, all of the, the planned spots basically just went out the window. And it just turned into chops and punches and him not being able to get brass knuckles on his goddamn hands. And I thought it was uh, interesting that... He legitimately passed out when he put Jarrett in the uh, figure four. Oh, yeah. He's like, you can see him. He looks up at Andrade and goes, I passed out. <laughs> like, well, he was a flat uh, on his back and he should have gotten pinned yeah. technically, but they called it and there you go. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's done. Hopefully he got it out of his system, but we all know the answer to that. You, you never, when you're someone like Ric Flair or Terry Funk or Undertaker, like they don't get it out of their system. They, it's an addiction for them. And it's, it's a adrenaline high that they just can't find anywhere else. And, you know, they're, they're ring junkies. So hopefully he learns to live with it. Um, I really wish he had just stayed retired after Michaels. But I kind of understand why he didn't. One, it wasn't his choice. Vince forced him. But that's because Vince knew he would never retire. And two, he needed the money. So, yeah, hopefully this closes it out. Hopefully he can he can say, okay, I got it all out of my system. Because he looked like shit. I mean, he looked about as good as a you know 73-year-old man could look in that position. But, uh, you know, and I know the guy's 10 years younger than him, but Sting makes it look easy, you know, but AEW also doesn't book Sting in 20 minute, you know, matchups like that. They put him in gimmick matches. They let him do certain spots. And when he's in there, the young guys bump around for him. So they make Sting look really good. He doesn't have to do much. Uh, but yeah, please, Rick, it's done. You know, cool. He got, hopefully he got his payday. And uh, and hopefully we're just done with it overall because he looked just awful. I, I I'm going to be the minority. I enjoyed the match. It felt very nostalgic. You got to see Rick do Rick things. Like, yeah, it was a garbage match. I mean, but if you were going in there thinking you're going to get a five star match, you were a dumbass to begin with. Like, you got to see the blood. You got to see him do his little strut. Like, it was a good thing to have a final chapter in his life. You got to see all these stuff, all the stuff that he wanted to do versus. Uh, the HBK match, but other than that, I mean, the rest of the show was just it was it is what it was. Like you had a bunch of matches from a bunch of companies get represented. Uh, you got to see Killer Cross before he came back to WWE, so that was fun. Um, but the overall pay per view was just a good, fun like Sunday night for me. He, like I wasn't expecting to be blown away, and yet I still had a good time watching it. 
yeah i sadly watched this i got home like right at the perfect time i wasn't going to watch it but like i saw in the live event people like talking about his entrance so i was like you know what if there is a chance rick flair does die tonight i might as well be watching on an illegal stream so i <laughs> turned it on and it was very bad like scary bad like and i've even said like i think it was overhyped how everyone was so like against this i was like whatever he probably isn't gonna die i'm sure he can go for like a five minute thing why not but this was such a slow and drawn out match with rick flair just like continually yelling at people like nope not gonna do that like there was one point where he was supposed to climb the turnbuckle turnbuckles and he just like literally yelled no and then just like left the ring it was not good in any sense it wasn't an entertaining car wreck it was just like boring and like just so long. The promo after was bad. Like they try to hand him this belt for five minutes and he just never noticed because he was so out of it. Um, it was not a good match. Not that I expected a good match. Obviously, it was going to be bad, but I didn't expect it to be like as embarrassing as it was. Like it really was embarrassing. I don't know why he did this, but hopefully he's done. I think he won the match passed out. Like, I think he literally yes. was knocked out and won. It, that was so weird. I wish I saw uh, Fatu versus Alexander, though. That's the only match I really wanted to see. Yeah, that and the Briscoes versus the Von Erics sounded fun to me. That looked fun. We also have the Battle Royal, which is AEW canon now. So. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll mention that in a second. Bear me, what, what do you I... think of it? I did not watch this match because I just in case Ric Flair did die, I didn't need to see that on my conscience, even though he is a shitty person. I still didn't need to see it. I mean, I didn't need to see it because him and Jay Lethal, two shitty people, don't need to see it. But I'm glad that, uh, but I'm glad that Ric Flair didn't die. And it is kind of funny that he won the match, passed out. Like, you know, it's, it's how Rick will go out, I guess. But yeah, I really didn't. The only thing that I really wanted to see off that show was Fatu and Alexander, and I didn't get to see it. So I'm kind of upset about that. Yeah, and to Matt, what he was saying, uh, he's not wrestling, but he is cornering Andrade in Puerto Rico, I think, in a week or two. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Because the wording made it seem like they were going to do it again. It's a singles match for Andrade. <clears throat> yeah, good. At least good. currently. It's the anniversary show for, I think, WWC, so we'll see... Uh, but yeah. Speaking of him, though, he's also seemingly upset of his status in AEW, so that's really weird. Andrade? Now that they added Roosh. Yeah, he liked to tweet about saying, like, him and Miro were better in WWE, and then he mm -hmm. liked it. So. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that AEW connection, like CT said, is interesting with the fact that there was this bunkhouse battle royal, and on the GCW show, like, a couple nights prior, because SummerSlam was in between. Uh, Nick Gage from GCW challenged, uh, I think it's Conrad, to show up. And they did in the Bunkhouse Battle Royal. And they attacked Bully Ray and things happened. And Mance Warner won, who then earned a contendership shot against Moxley on Rampage. And if he won that match, he would get a world title shot against interim champion Moxley. And... He won a match on Dark in between that on the ta on the tapings, which they aired on Thursday. And I know we talked about it in our, our chat a bit, Matt, uh, before you were in there. But the idea of someone coming from outside the company, winning a battle royal that's not related, getting a potential world title match with two wins, is just weird when you have the roster you have. Like, that's yeah. kind of... I know you've been talking about that a little bit as well. Like Mance reeks of GCW. <laughs> 
like he's, he is. He's not, he's not bad, but he is like I actually think he's okay. He kind of just reminds me of like um, great value Briscoes. Uh, but you know he's okay. <laughs> he's all right. Uh, he's not very good in the ring. I watched his uh, dark match. I didn't see his match with Moxley, but I watched his dark match. And it, he's just like a he just does kicks, punches, and knee lifts, and that's that's pretty much it. His finisher is a fucking running knee. Um, but yeah, he's he is GCW through through. You make a good point. That is real strange to you know elevate a G, a random GCW guy that nobody's ever seen before to fight Moxley. But my my thought on that is. Moxley 100% pushed for that because he's a GCW guy too, and he must really like uh, like him. So that that's probably why it happened. But yeah, you have a roster full of these unbelievable talented, un- unbelievably talented people. Like both WWE and AEW have stacked rosters, and they won't go and give a title shot to some guy nobody's ever heard of from an indie company no one cares about. Like elevate someone within your company and have them feud with Moxley for a couple weeks rather than giving it to you know kind of a no name or elevate bring him in elevate him over the course of a couple months then give him the title shot but it's a little strange that like at the rick flair tribute show in the dark match battle royal this guy became number one contender for the aew championship like mm-hmm. and i heard that i was like what the fuck kind of booking is that it's a little weird it is also extra weird when you look at um i know I, i'm saying it wrong it's konosuke takashita you hear excalibur say it, it's like konsuke takashita had a match with eddie kingston moxie's friend and he lost it. Moxley said, I want to face him. Well, okay, not for the world title. You got to have a contender match again. Same thing that Warner had. And he lost that. And then they gave him an ROH world title shot against Claudio at the Battle for the Belts over the weekend. It's like, why did he get that? He didn't I mean, even win anything to get there. What is going on? Because Tony, Tony Khan is a mark, unfortunately. He's, he's, I like him, but he's a mark. And I think he books his company based off of kind of like how Vince is. He bases his company and matches off of things he wants to see in the, any given moment. doesn't always work that way. I mean, they do have long-term storytelling. Like, I still think the MJF thing is going to have a payoff against Punk. But uh, but there are instances where I bet he's just like, you know, I really like this guy, and I just want to see him versus this person, and he'll just do it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I can see a lot of that. And yeah, the MJF thing, I guess we'll close with that, because we've been kind of talking about that one for a little while, and then we weren't at all, because it's not a thing anywhere right now. We've talked about yeah. everything from it's a work to no, it isn't to maybe it they is to maybe it. it isn't. He was the hottest thing after that promo. Yeah, they dropped the ball. It and shouldn't be. I'm, I like Moxley, but he shouldn't be the champion right now. It should be MJF. Because MJF should have won that battle royal to go 100%. in there. And, yeah. Yeah. The idea yeah. that because I've heard there's been so many rumors about it, so I'm not putting stock into a lot of things. But I said on this very podcast, is this a work or is Tony Khan really that dumb and gave that man who he didn't have an agreement with a live mic? And then it's no, like, was, maybe no. he did give that man a live no. mic. No, no, but no, maybe no. they're working me. Cause if anyone can, it's MJF. They're working you. Right. I, I'm sure it's all settled. I, they wouldn't, he wouldn't fucking, he wouldn't do that. But the fact that, that he was better. basically, they, he was stone cold in that moment. He was CM Punk pipe bomb in that moment. And the, you, you can call it a bit of a rumor about something, but the idea that the AEW corporate side of things didn't like the fact that that made them to be the, the bad guy, the evil corporate, like Vince. They want to be the cool other. Well, if MJF is the likable cool guy, that means AEW is the thing that you don't like, and we're going to boo the company. Therefore, that didn't work. Like, I don't know. I, did, that, I, I that started thinking about that, me. right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that's a weird thing, yeah, too. Eh, whatever. That didn't bother me. I mean, like... It's okay if your company's the bad guy sometimes. I mean, yeah, but I don't think they made thought an that. entire career off of it. Oh so. yeah, but yeah. I don't think they thought that. They're like, oh, we want to be the cool guys, and 
They, they, there was light in the bottle. They should have ran with it in that moment. I don't think you hand MJF a mic and let him. And I, I, pro I promise you that that I bet what happened is the he gave him the general gist of what he was gonna say. They agreed on the last line that he was gonna curse, and then that's when you had Punk come out and stuff. That was that was one hundred percent a work. But like I, I just I think that what happened was Punk getting hurt just fucked up all their plans. I think that was gonna be the big feud was gonna be Punk and MJF. You know, Punk, <laughs> I was at that show live, by the way, and Punk jumped into the crowd and injured his foot, which is just amazing that it was something so simple and so little hitting it on the guardrail. Was it the guardrail? Uh, I thought it was when it was he was over the, the top. No, it over was the, the guardrail. Oh, and then okay. when he went over, because he was limping after when he came back in, and then when he jumped over the top, he didn't realize how bad his foot was, and that uh, just made it even worse. There it is. Yeah, so they're just waiting for him to come back, and they'll do it, but like... I, I don't understand the mindset of putting the belt on Moxley because I like him a lot. I really do. And it is, it, to be fair, it is pushing him again up to another tier level. Like, he's this is, he's the first ever two-time champion they've had. Uh, but MJ, MJF was the money, man. I mean, he was in the mainstream. You know, like, everybody was talking about this guy. And then they just kept him off TV for months on end. And I don't understand why. Like, they knew well, Punk. At least mention him. Like, at least, yeah. even if, like, you don't want to do it with the announcers because then people buy into it, it's fake. Like, Tony Khan at one of his a million pr press conferences easily just be like, oh, like, just mention it. It's so weird that it's radio silent on, on all sides. And they just do not do anything to build up. Like, if you just tuned in as a new viewer this past, let's say, two months, you'd have no idea who MJF even is. Like, it just, yeah. it's crazy that it's silence. Like, something that would be cool would be, uh, if they wanted to keep him mentioned but not on TV, like, plant a fan with an MJF, like, sign, put him on the hard cam, and then have, like, just subtly have security come and escort him out. And then every week, now there's two of them. Oh, escort them out. Three of them, escort them out. Like, build it up so that you're not directly saying about, talking about him because you're trying to pretend like he's not with the company. But there's, like, little ways that you can mention him and keep him relevant. And they've just, they've completely ignored him. Now, he'll get a massive pop when he comes back. But it's just, I just, uh, God, Punk's injury really fucked everything up. Like, really, really bad. I, I just, I don't even, I don't like the idea of the interim title... I never liked that. I think he should have dropped it. Um, but, you know, even he thought that. It was Tony Khan that was the one that was like, no, you're keeping the belt. But, yeah, he, sh he shouldn't have been champion. Just a lot of it was handled kind of poorly. I like that idea, though. That's some good booking. We got we to gotta steal that, guys, for our thing. We got to steal that. The guys in the crowd, <laughs> that's good. That's good. But and you can tell, though, that, like, they weren't prepared for how long it was going to be because Moxley wasn't even considered a champion on their, like, roster of champions on their website until, like, two weeks ago. So, like, for two months, he wasn't even considered part of their champions list of roster. Yeah, I feel they should, a good have, job with it, they should have pulled an audible. Like, oh, we're going to wait for Punk to come back for MJF. Oh, he, his foot's messed up? He needs surgery? Okay, change of plans. MJF's coming back against this instead. Like, just, yeah. just do that. Like, capitalize on how hot that was. Because now it's nothing. I know Red talked about that a lot, to throw it over to you also, Red. Uh, like, even the idea of, like, the merch was pulled... I, I said, and I'll leave my words on this, the idea was they're not saying anything, they want you to tune in to find out. Well, they're, they're doing nothing there either. So it's it's so weird to go dark like that. But Red, you were very vocal about that back when this started, what, two months ago, yeah. I honestly think he's done with AEW. I mean, you already are a young guy, and you've heard that the biggest company in the world has a lot of interest in you. Fuck AEW, like, they're treating me like garbage. Hell yeah, I'm going to go to WWE the moment I can. Oh, my contract, I can't get released even though I want gone? Hmm, 
WWE does that too. But you know that's a bad thing WWE does, but AEW is allowed to do it. Like, no, I think MJF wants out. I, I think if the biggest company is asking for you, you listen. Like, answer WWE's question of, hey, do you want to sign? Like. In 2024, it's going to be a huge, interesting time to see who he signs with. And the moment he signs with WWE, I think he's going to be on the same level as Cody Rhodes. I think he's going to come in, have the entrance, have the pyro. Like, everyone's going to know who he is. We're not dumb. Like, not the main, uh, the casual uh, WWE fan, but a good chunk of WWE fans are going to know who MJF is if he comes in as MJF. He may come in as Maxwell Friedman, he may come in as a completely different name. Who knows? That but is his real name, yes. When he comes in, he's going to be a star from the get-go. And if they put him on NXT, they're shoveling him down, and they shouldn't. You put him on the main right away. I agree with that. He, he can bypass NXT 100%. He can come out on Raw or a Rumble or whatever, because it's going to be like 2024 before he even could. Uh, I said before, because Matt, I know like, Red and I were like, is it, is it real? Is it not? And you're like, it's totally a work. The idea that even if he did leave in two years, he's not even 25 yet. He could go oh, yeah. make bank in WWE. And then when he's 30, still go back to AW. And he's like starting to hit his actual wrestler prime. Like, oh, oh my God. Like the, the Lots of bumps left on his bump card. Exactly, yeah. And, but he doesn't even take that many. Because yeah, he just goes and wrestler. talks. I mean, yeah. unless he faces Wardlow, he takes 16 bumps. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, the, the sky's the limit for him. Like, that's why I said, like, all these guys going to AW, like, oh, too bad they're stuck over there. No, they're going to go make bank and then come back. Or yeah, not. I think, I think like, we're going to see, like, a bunch of jumps back and forth, actually. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to get kind of a WCW, WWF like for real. era for, for a while where people are just going back and forth. Um, the, the only other thing I wanted to talk about that my favorite AEW uh, angle, since we're talking a lot of AEW trash, I want to say it. a positive. Especially, we'll see where it goes. But I love the Luchasaurus Christian Jungle Boy stuff going on <laughs> right now. I think it's awesome. I was kind of sad that they turned Luchasaurus back, but I mean, everybody sees this coming. I mean, he's definitely going to turn on Jungle Boy at the pay per view. But I think the star out of that Christian is—it's revitalized him. Jungle Boy's all right, although I think Luchasaurus is incredible as a heel with that music and that attire. Like I've always liked him. But I always thought the mask looked really um, cheesy and cheap. And this new look he has, I think, really helps accentuate him. And the Kane-style music is so good. Uh, I can't wait until he turns on Jungle Boy properly at the pay-per-view. Helps Christian. And, uh, you know, just gets a push. Like, I, I love that angle. I know people were talking shit about Christian getting, like, all personal. They were calling it cheap heat. Have you not heard a Ric Flair promo in your life from when he was, like, you know, like the champ back in the day? Like, all these people were like, oh, he doesn't have to say that. They're like, he's a heel. He's going to say what he's going to say. Like, they always took cheap shots back in the day. That's how it, that's just how it is. Like, people are a little too sensitive, I, I feel. But, yeah, lots of interest in that. That is easily the thing um, that it's kind of offsetting the fact that AEW is just we have too many belts too many, too many, too many wrestlers. Too much company. A little too much, but that's the one shining light feud. So I wanted to give it some props and a shout out. You're not hyped for the trios title. I just once they see this would have been fine if they hadn't acquired Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor belts being on TV every week is just like this. Feels like the uh, the invasion angle when uh, when mm-hmm. WCW and ECW came in. You know, 100%. we had thank thank God they didn't do the ECW belts. 
but it was just too many belts, and it's just everything gets watered down. At least the one thing I'll say is I was kind of when they the the belt that uh, Pac has. You know, it's not really defended on TV. It's more for him to travel around to different indie shows and mm-hmm. represent AEW, which is a cool idea. The trios title, there's no reason for them to have a trios title. Like, if anything... They just brought the six-man back in ROH, too. Like, Yeah. Oh, God. If anything, though, they should uh, have had a women's tag team championships because they did need they need them. They've got a lot of women, and they don't have a lot of stuff to do with them, especially with the belt permanently on Jade. Um, you know, that belt's not going anywhere anytime soon, but just too, too many fucking belts. just... Tony just doesn't give a crap about women's wrestling, though. It's not for him. He just doesn't like. I don't think he likes it. Unless you're Britt Baker, I don't think he likes it because I, yeah, I think it depends on who it is. Under Rosa. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see those. Yet. I'm sure we'll see those tag titles soon, though. Like not necessarily like yeah. soon, but I'm sure within two years we have them. Also, I will say I want Kip Sabian to beat Pac for that title whenever they face off i don't know when i've never liked kip i've tried i've never liked kip i've tried 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 and i just he just doesn't do it for me i know but he's got that gimmick with the bag on his i don't know why but i kind of like that and he's just been in the crowd for like ever i kind of hope they do something for over a year yeah it's really weird i don't don't understand what's happening i remember when on this podcast i was like guys it's gonna lead to him taking the tnt title off of Miro. like i see the picture and now we're just like a year later and he's just still in the crowd with the bag and it's like well (laughs) now hangman's in the mud they got him back with the bucks like i don't want that he's one of those guys though that hangman is kind of in the position moxley was in when he lost the belt the first time where he's kind of like not doing much but hangman's one of those dudes that if they need it, they can plug him into any position in the company, and automatically it's fine because he's accepted. I mean, he's one of my favorites. I I was sad that his uh, run ended. I didn't want Punk to beat him. I thought it would have meant more to have Hangman beat Punk, but I understood from a business standpoint, Punk is the bigger star. I mean, I don't think anyone can criticize AEW for like quality of talent. They have like yeah. an incredibly talented roster, like top to bottom. I mean, and he, when they get a shine, like the Luchasaurus angle you mentioned, like it really is fantastic to see. And there's so much potential, which is why for me, it's so frustrating to see some of the decisions they make. Because it's like, you know, oh, the Lucha Brothers are there. LAX is there. Like, you know, what are we doing? Like, I feel like Wardlow's even cooled off. Like, it's it, it's insane. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, him and Jay Lethal don't. We should talk that. No. Oh, you know what would be fun for the uh, Christian, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy feud? Is if Marco Stone was still with the company, even they just signed him for one thing, where... Christian just brings him out to the Jungle Boy music and starts beating him up, acting like he's Jungle Boy. That'd be funny. Dress him up like mini Jungle Boy. They did that with Slater during the pandemic. I don't remember who McIntyre was feuding with, but they just had like Slater get killed by someone. Do that with... Yeah. Yeah, Marco. Was that Rollins? I will... Or Lashley? It was one of the first ones after Mania, yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, uh, one of the other things that I'm kind of intrigued with AEW right now is Hobbs and uh, versus Starks. I'm, I'm big into that feud because I like both guys a lot. So. Yeah, we've been fans of Starks since back in the NWA stuff when we kind of discovered him there. Yeah. So knew he had oh, potential Hook. the whole time. Oh, God, yeah, Send Hook. Bear Me's a huge Hook fan. Send Hook. Bear Me loves yep. him. I don't even know what they're doing with Danhausen, and that hurts me. Yeah, they treat him too much like WWE treated Santino. Because, like, I, I get he's not going to ever be this badass that beats people, but, like, he straight up gets crushed <laughs> every match he's in. But he's, like, he's such a entertaining character, and he sells a lot of merchandise. He's very popular. But you can only crush him for so long until it's going to turn from, you know, entertaining to, oh, well, it's just that annoying Danhausen guy. 
Like, at least give him some wins, something, but he's he's just their resident jobber. Yeah, he's one of the nicest guys, too. Yeah. Because the fans see him, they're like, oh, it's Dan House, and I hope he wins this one. They're going to stop hoping when he never does. That's just how it'll go. Him and Hook, tag champs. I thought that was going to happen, but nope. Yeah, not. I thought so, too. And then Sting and Darby, I thought we were going to dethrone the Bucks after the Forbidden Door, but nope, they didn't even get a title shot. I'm glad that didn't happen. Darby no. deserves better. Agreed. Darby's feud with, but. Um, with uh, bro, uh, what, uh, what's his name? What am I forgetting his name? Brody King? Brody. Brody. That, oh, it's so good. I'm so excited for that casket match. It's going to be great. Do you see they got tattoos? I, yeah. I Isn't that so awesome? I love that. Ridiculous. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think it was dumb that they both got tattoos. I mean... I get it. Both of them have a bunch of tattoos, so at this point, they're meaningless to me. If you get a tattoo, it should have a meaning, but that's just a personal beef. Other than that, I think they're going all in with this feud. With that being said, I feel like uh, Alistair Black is being pushed aside and, like, forgotten. Like, I know he's there, but it's all Brody King and Darby Allen at this point, and eh? Oh. It's going to be a good match. It's going to be Darby killing himself for 20 minutes, but... Oh, and Brody's going to kill him for 20 minutes also. He's going to murderize him. He's going to choke him out like he did in the Battle Royal as well. But that just screams pay-per-view, which is happening, like, at the end of the month. Like, we, we can go till then. Build it till then. Don't do it on TV tomorrow. <laughs> they have so much talent, though, that, like, I could see instead of, you know, trying to just cram every match possible on pay-per-view they're going to just give some of it away beforehand AEW has no problem filling a pay-per-view card if anything their shows are too fucking long like the last one was like five hours oh so yeah. i can see why they spread them them so off like it's okay, everything yeah. is just a hundred percent you know what you don't like so the fact that okay they with me. eight tag <laughs> matches to start off forbidden door mm -hmm. As long as all of them are good, I don't care. I get, I get that it, it's better to have you know like a big opener, cool everything off, and build to the main event. But I came from Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, uh, which is you know one of the bigger indie feds in the United States, out in Reseda, California, and um, that's how they did it. There was never like you know, you know a flow of the card. They never built to the main event. Just everybody went out and gave a hundred percent. And if they outshined the main event, fuck it. You know it is what it is. So I'm fine with it. It's just that I think AEW is a different type of wrestling than WWE. WWE, they're trying to like, they're trying to put on uh, like a movie with three acts, whereas AEW is just like, fuck it, let's do some goddamn drugs and wrestle, baby. <laughs> now, do you start though with your world title every time though? Because that's the AEW way. For well, most that was of a that's... that was a WCW uh, thing mm -hmm. back there, or uh, or NWA thing, where they would throw up. Or, or you know what I'm thinking? Main event. That's what it was. WWF. They on main event yes. because it was uh, NBC. They would just be like, "Well, we're, nobody's going to watch the rest of this shit, so let's just throw up the main event first, but you know, pop a big rating and move on." I I kind of like it. Just depends on what the main event is, because sometimes it turns into Britt Baker in a tag match or something I don't care about. Uh, but you know it's cool. I my the best one they ever did. I still think it's the best AEW match of all time so far. Is Brian and Omega? I was going to mention uh, that. Yes, thirty minute match. Yep. Oh god, it's so good. I I I have not been excited for wrestling like that in a long time, and that match was incredible. So you're not opposed to them starting off with those because you get this, you get to see it. You no, get to have it doesn't, it, it doesn't bother happens. me. I mean, like AEW. I know I know people criticize AEW for. Uh, jumping the gun on dream matches like they did with Darby and Jeff. But would we have gotten Darby, Darby and Jeff if they hadn't? Because Jeff went into rehab and is probably gone for a while. Who knows if he's even going to come back now. 
So I'm a big fan of I'd rather have the match happen too early than not happen at all. Because a lot of times in wrestling, you wait so long for that big payoff and that big match, and then something happens and you don't get it. So as long as we got to, we got to see Brian and Omega, and if it never happens again, we had it that one time, and it was perfect, and I had no no problems with it at all. Oh, I wanted to add that Malachi Black posted earlier today that he's injured, and he almost retired oh. a few months ago. Oh, damn. With a back injury, so. So I'll eat my words on why he's not there anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, just Brody wanted King. to put that out there before people yeah. attack in Discord, because they will. will happen. Yep. <laughs> but that, that means, like, that's another thing with wrestling, opportunity, and people step up. And Brody King stepping up. No, I, we knew he could. We've watched the Ring of Honor stuff with him as well, and he's fun. Th- I'm not surprised by that. That That's a good kind of, not placeholder, but you know what I mean. He's a good uh, surrogate feud instead he's of awesome. Brody King. Yeah. He rules. Yeah, yeah I mean, awesome. I love Brody King. So, I, And I think it's like a perfect TV main event, him and Darby. It's two guys who like don't necessarily, it's not like they don't matter, but they're not like, you know, deser- necessarily like they need that spotlight. Like it's a championship match or something. I think like that's a really good feud to have for like mid card guys to give them something to do. And then you use TV main events for that. And then that's how you use a big roster. So I'm, I'm really okay with it. I, the one thing is I think Darby getting the tattoo on his hand was dumb because like that probably should have been for a bigger match, but I like the tattoos. I like the build. Like they've really built this up themselves. And I think they've, done a wonderful job yeah i like the tattoo thing i mean i i I get it was said earlier that uh that they should have meaning and stuff but i have a bunch i have tons at this point and i will just tell you like the first three or four i got were like oh like i gotta get these are important this is what they mean now it's just like oh that'll be cool to have on me so whatever (laughs) once (laughs) once you get past a certain point they're not really special like it's more like will i regret getting this on me and if i could see Getting, you know, it would be weird to get, like, a tattoo for a feud, but I could see this is important, especially to uh, Brody. This is, like, his first big standout feud in a major company, and I'm sure he wants to remember it. And the, the, So to him, I bet you it is important and not pointless. So, and, and Darby's just a weirdo, so he just, he'll just do whatever. Brody also I mean, has like, a bajillion anyway, and it kind of yeah. blends in, and it's like a gravestone with Here Lies Darby Allen. Darby mm-hmm. got it on his palm. <laughs> Yep. And it looks like he did it himself. I will say they're both better than Cody's tattoo. <laughs> I'll give him that. It grew on me, though. I agree it's still ugly, but it grew on me. I mean, that's ballsy to put your fucking family crest on your neck, even if it's a bad spot. Don't get me wrong. It's hilarious. It's just not a good tattoo. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention here, Matt, before we wind this down? Uh, no, I mean, just an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. So I'm I'm happy. I, I'm happy for the, the wrestlers, too, because... This is before we had WWE with their because Nick Khan, you know, did a interview and they asked him, how do you guys react to what other companies do? And he's like, we don't. We just do what we do. Well, that was a shit answer because like what what business out there just ignores everything their competition is doing and just goes full steam ahead with what they want. You always want to do what you want, but you also need to react in the moment to the people that you're going up against. And I Triple H will. I mean, we saw what happened when he tried to take AEW down during the black and gold NXT era. It didn't work out as well, but he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that just gives up. <laughs> so, and now he's got, you know, the full control creatively of the company. So I think that this is going to be great because I think this is going to make AEW better and it's going to make WWE better. I think that this is going to mean more matches 
given away on TV too, which might make some people mad, but TV is is really important. Like they make more money off of their TV deals than they do off of most anything else. Uh, so I, th- I just think we're going to get awesome back-to-back. Like, every week, like, you see AEW will throw out a big match, and then WWE will be like, all right, well, fuck you, here's our big match, and it's just, it's just going to keep escalating. But hopefully in a good way, because that couple of months that we got NXT versus AEW, it was really fun. Like, every week you knew that there was going to be a big show, and if one of them let down, like, if AEW didn't have a big main event or NXT didn't, you know next week they would. And uh, it just it's going to be like that permanently. I think it's a new... Maybe not in the ratings era, but it's going to be a new boom to a degree because it's just going to be exciting seeing both these companies really trying to go at one another. I just I hope AEW makes it, um, you know, with with the whole shit going on at Warner. I just hope that they don't uh, screw them in some way because even if people are not like huge on AEW, it's always good to have a powerful alternative. Uh, the the moment that if AEW went down, that would make WWE weaker. You always want to have uh, something to uh, to you know go up against or fight against. So, but I, I'm excited. This is good. Finally, it just took you know 77 Vince, year old Vince McMahon going away. Hopefully, now he can go get all of the nude uh, sunbathing uh, machine tat or hand jobs that he wants, which is his fetish. Good for you, Vinnie Mac, and uh, he can leave wrestling alone. And yeah, the idea. Yes, I'm going right past that comment. I'm not addressing it. Uh, <laughs> I, it's it stalled me there. I almost did it without even mentioning. Um, the idea that it, it does benefit both is absolutely true, I, I feel like. Because after WCW went down and ECW, they kind of went for a bit. And honestly, it was like their their heyday was 2001, obviously, WrestleMania 17. Like, you can't knock that. But it did stagnate a little bit before they found their footing. Then there was the brand split, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They've had their ups and downs. Obviously, that's it. I did say for a long while that COVID really did hamstring a lot of things because NXT was firing on all cylinders and only now are we kind of seeing, oh, we're back to kind of the path we were on where the eventuality of Triple H and Steph in charge is kind of what we want because we like the NXT thing and here we go. The The method getting there differently was unexpected, yes, but all that talent that left because they didn't see a future there or got released because they didn't see a future there None of that would have happened. Like we started the show talking about that. So the idea here that okay, now AEW is going to want to keep these guys, not just be like, oh, we're the alternative because you won't get it over there. Well, now you will get it over there. So how do we keep you here? And that that goes a lot to back and forth as well. And that's good for the guys, like you said. That's good for the wrestlers, the guys and girls involved in all this. It benefits yep. them to have that opportunity. And you mentioned the Warner thing because that's insane. What's happening? Like Warner Media with the Discovery takeover. It wasn't exactly a merger, but it was a takeover. Led to things like the Batgirl movie, which was essentially finished, just needing some visual effects, being scrapped as allegedly a tax write-off. That's a rumor. But not even being released on their own streaming platform. It's not like they're going to sell it off somewhere. They own it, and they own the place they're going to put it. I'll defend that, though. I will defend it. Because when you hear the reasoning, the CEO came out and said what happened, or at least why they're doing what they're doing. Oh, yeah. They said it didn't make their standards. It was, tr- it was just trash. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. and apparently, like, the, the people that saw it, the test screenings also said, like, I guess the nicest, the best review they got was, it was okay. <laughs> like, I, that's, say, hmm. I know people who were at the test screening, and they do agree that it was trash. So, yeah. so yeah. I think it just said that it looked cheap was what I heard. And I know, like, people are trying to say, well, it, it got a 60% from the test scores, and so did Black Adam and Shazam, and oh, they're getting more bad, millions. Though. It's like, well, but they're... It's the rock. <laughs> exactly. It's fine. 
But yeah. that idea, like the fact that they can pull completely finished movies, like the Scoob, oh, yeah. the Scoob sequel. I know we're tangenting, but I'll get there. Don't worry. Scoob Holiday Heist or whatever it's called. Um, they recorded their score yesterday because that was already paid for. Stage was rented. Musicians were paid. So they recorded it anyway for a movie that's not coming out. They got canceled a week ago. Like that's yeah, that, and it's a Christmas that movie. One, they would have played forever. I bet that one will though. That yeah. one will get. It's an animated movie. I bet one day they'll do. And, I think right now they're just trying to write the ship. Well, that's exactly because they've got seasons of TV shows that got scrapped. There's a lot of in yeah. progress stuff, but people are reacting like, "Oh God, this is horrible." This happens all the time. We're just hearing about it for it to be clear. Yeah. But the thing that gets me is they're looking at their brands, looking at that stuff, and yes, Warner doesn't own AEW. But it's Turner, and they own that. And they yeah. might be like Turner back in the day with the AOL Time Warner merger. We don't want wrestling on our network. And it's just not there anymore. That could happen because it happened it, to WCW. It could, Will it? Probably. But I, I, th I think what I'm worried about is not AEW going away. I think what I'm worried about is when their TV rights come up, they'll, they may not get 100%. That's what I'm saying. That's it. They might I don't just, think they're going to cancel They're probably though. not going to pull it. Probably not. But at this point, it's unprecedented. You never know. But will yeah, they continue? Know. I don't know. And that was the nail in the coffin. Now, AEW can learn from that, obviously. I guarantee they've had conversations and they're doing stuff. But that's a weird precedent that we're back in the same position where AEW, you never know. <laughs> Yep. You ne you never know what could happen because the network might be like, yeah, we like wrestling, we like wrestling, but you know what? Seventy percent of people from HBO Max were gone. We're not doing that streaming thing. We're cutting corners here. That's off our network. We're doing more of this, and that's just part. of Oh God, it's gone now. Like it it yep. could happen. To say it wouldn't, it's not likely. God no. But nobody expected Backer to be canceled before it was announced officially in a trailer, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. it's weird because it's their own property for their own thing that was rumored to get a theatrical. They could have dumped it as content, like literal content creation on HBO Max, but they're not even doing that. They're canceling a Christmas movie that would have played every Christmas. <laughs> and it's animated with Scooby. It's, just, it's, a, it's a wild, weird thing to think about. But they it's don't business. own... AEW. They own the, the TV. That's where that comes in. So that's the difference there. Not to be like doom and gloom. It's going to happen. I'm not saying that. But, I also but wonder we've if literally AW seen. Get, like, I wonder if AEW can get a new TV deal elsewhere, though. Because they are doing quite well. Yes. I feel like they probably could find a new home. Worst case scenario. I agree. Because otherwise, Warner has been happy with what they're doing. They have been yeah. happy with a lot of it. I know GMSG will talk about the ratings on things like Rampage and that. It's not great. But they front load and then it drops off. Like you said, no one cares after the first match or whatever it is. They get that strong lead in from NBA or whatever the movie of the week is. And then they peace out and that's it. So USA is under ABC, right? Um, I want to like say yes. It's not NBC Universal. That's, yeah. that's yeah, different. So maybe NBC would be the one to pick them up because WWE's Fox and ABC affiliates. It depends, because I know there was issues and ECW got kicked off of TNN because WWE was on a similar network. Like, there was no it's ABC a, deal. It's it. There's N weird conglomerates involved. It's NBC that owns USA. Oh, so, okay, so ABC maybe. Then. ABC could then, yeah. And that's involved with Disney, and that could lead to, who knows, AEW on Disney+. Plus. Like, th these are also possibilities. <laughs> yeah, it's wild to think of what could happen and what wouldn't happen, but, Matt, I'll tell you, a month ago... We didn't know any of this was going to happen with WWE, so it's yep. a whole new world with this stuff. Now, when are they going to go after Orton for shitting in girls' bags? 
I mean, that's got to be Riddle's next feud, right? Is that the plan? Is that what we're doing here? Is that what's going on? It's just in. Randy Orton shit in over 3,000 unsuspecting female talent's bags. That's Dark Side of the Ring if there ever was one. There you the go. Piper has been defanged. Because he pooped a lot. Yeah. No, Dark Side of the Ring of Riddle and Priest. That, that'd be interesting. Oh, I can't wait for the one on Vince, though. I mean, it's going to happen now. Guaranteed they're going to do a Dark Side of the Ring on Vince. I want to watch that episode. They were going to do a Netflix documentary about Vince, and they canceled it yep. because of this stuff. And I'm like, no, well, now you do it. Vince. But it's going to be pro-Vince. Pro Vince. But that yeah. movie, I said it last time, that movie, Pandemonium, starring Bradley Cooper as Vince and Chris Hemsworth as Hulk Hogan is is like that was kind of like it was happening he was training they're working on it oh, that's gonna happen cause now it's an Oscar movie <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> it's Christ Matt you never mentioned Theory one bit Mr. Money in the Bank I mean cause he doesn't do a lot for me I don't dislike him though I just I'm glad that he's not gonna get the Cena Roman push where they just throw him down our fucking throats like he's one of those guys that would benefit from being mid card for a while getting people on board with his character um i did like his match with bobby lashley mm -hmm. where uh he dropped the, the or the um u.s title to lashley that was really good like really good they have good chemistry against each other i thought um the rematch was good too when he the finish was sick he did the the roll through the ropes into the ring into the military press and then got him down into the uh, the full Nelson lock. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, I mean he's he's good, but he's he's not main event yet. He will be, but right now he's not. So I'm glad glad he's where he is. He's Lashley, position, yeah. yeah, Lashley needs to be pushed up though. I don't understand why. I don't even really like him a lot, but I, even I recognize you, he is above the U.S. title. Like he was on level with Brock and Roman. Like why he isn't in the main event mix? Why he's just languishing down in the mid card doesn't really make any sense to me. Uh, especially because they haven't really done Roman and Lashley to the point where I'd be sick of it or anything, and I thought that was where they were going, and then they just didn't. So I'm like, okay, like they're just like, oh, we'll do Brock again. Lashley would have been a perfect person to put up against Roman, but maybe they're waiting. Yeah, I just kind of realized, aside from that one triple threat with Big E back on Raw around like Christmas time frame, that was really it, right? Just the one match that they have. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. one big it's one big feud that they haven't really like mm -hmm. done. And especially with their like desperate for main event guys, that'd be fun. But uh hey, hopefully Drew beats Roman though and we won't have to worry about it at all, period. Well maybe we get Lashley and, and Roman separately, where they're going after the contendership. Something like that yeah. could even happen too. Yeah, something. I mean I'm down. I, at least I'm excited to see what's gonna happen, so that's different. But guys, we've had Matt here. Uh, does anybody want to ask him any wrestling questions before we close this out? Opportunity to see what else Matt has thoughts on and might want to tear down or build up. It's positive, but you know, there stuff might be some stuff. Yeah, all right, Matt, I got one for you. Out of uh, out of the AEW roster right now, who do you think is going to be the next guy to jump ship like Cody did? I'll probably MJF. Um, but I mean. I think any of them can now. I mean, like you before, they had to worry about where they were going, but now they know right. that they're they're going to be either taken care of or you know, at the very least, they're not going to just go in there and get completely buried. Um, mm -hmm. Cody really did open up the doors for them. So man, what a ballsy move that was for him to go because I thought for sure he was going to not be stardust or anything, but I thought he'd show up and just be like a normal guy. And I get the feeling from. What I was reading before about Cody is that I think he stood up to Vince when they had their meeting. And like he said, point blank, I'm not coming in unless I get to be who I want to be and keep everything that made me who I am now. And I think that Vince really respected that. And they've talked about it before how 
Sometimes you'll do that and Vince will go, well, fuck this guy. I'm going to bury the shit out of him. And sometimes he respects it. It just depends on if he has a relationship with you, uh, you know, if he likes you as a person. And I think that really impressed Vince. And um, and especially the reaction he got at Mania was quite good. Um, you know, he was in there with Rollins, so it helped. Uh, but yeah, I mean, based off of Cody alone, I think almost anybody's going to be able to go. Like right away... I don't know. I mean, again, anybody, really. But uh, I think the problem is AEW is so new that a lot of these contracts have years left on them. I don't know of very many people that are um, are leaving anytime soon. Like one of the homegrown AEW, not homegrown AEW people, but ones that started out there. I'm not talking like, you know, like Cole yeah. or... Oh, MJF, for sure. MJF is, is special. I think Darby could do quite well now, too. Now that Vince isn't there, I think Darby would be a would have, maybe not a main event guy, but he would definitely be a good mid card to upper card guy for them to have. Uh, I don't know. I'll piggyback off of that. Do you believe that AEW's Hangman Page will be a good fit for WWE, or do you think oh, he should stay yeah. in AEW? No, he would be great. I think he would. I think he would. It would be valuable for him to eventually leave because he's got a style that fits WWE and AEW. He's kind of a hybrid of both. And, um, I mean, they wanted him to begin with. I guess he walked away from a six-figure deal to do AEW. Somebody did try to get him in the bucks early on. He would do great. I do. I think he could be a really... Now, he's interesting because I don't think he's a very good bad guy. Now, I might get proven wrong at some point, but he's like a natural... He kind of reminds me of like a natural old-school NWA babyface. He's great. Like, he's one of the, 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 the few people I think AEW built homegrown him and mjf in particular that are real standouts that are main event guys um but who knows if he if he wants to leave his friends or not but you know it's not about friendships it's about money and business so but i would love to see him get a shot see what he could do what's your match of the year so far oh god there's so much shit well <laughs> i don't know it all the problem with wrestling is that it all blends together for me so like if there is if like i get kind of like a recap and a reminder then I would say, you know, it's this, this, and this. I just say the match in recent memory that impressed the hell out of me that I absolutely loved was Brian and Omega. Like that, to me, that just lived up to the hype of that. that I mean, that was a dream match. That's something I've wanted to see, you know, forever. I know Omega fought him when he was like a rookie, when he was younger. But man, that was so good. And I thought, I was like, this, this is the test to see if AEW is going to do a bullshit finish, which I don't think they did. I liked that it kind of just went the distance. But, like, I thought maybe they'd get him out there, let him wrestle for five minutes, and then, like, cut it off. But they just they gave you the full match. Uh, both of the Hangman-Brian uh, Danielson matches were also excellent. Because, you know, Brian Brian's my favorite. I don't know if you guys know that already. I'm sucking his dick so hard. Because I, I love Brian. He's now my favorite of all time. It was Michaels, Shawn Michaels, for a long time. Uh, but ever since the Yes Movement, I always liked Brian before. But the Yes Movement is what kind of brought me over to him. And then since then, just his work rate. He's so good. Having him, you know, be gone for seven years and come back i just I, I adore him so i'll watch anything he does dude they remember jobber radio they remember how much that you and i liked him and oh yeah remember randy orton has an aura we remember we remember <laughs> i was literally about to say he, i don't know if he has that aura but <laughs> i guess <it's> pretty good <laughs> if tony and triple h did do a cross promotion pay-per-view what match do you want as the main event <laughs> Oh, it's no doubt in my mind. I want Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns because I think that they would have phenomenal chemistry. Or, or <laughs> it would be fucked up and weird, but fun. Uh, Omega and Lesnar, because Lesnar <laughs> is excellent with small people. He's he has two real strengths. 
him as the big monster versus the little guys. Look at, you know, like Brian Danielson, um, Finn Balor, uh, AJ Styles. All those matches were excellent, or he's good at triple threat matches. So he's, and he's still a part of my favorite triple threat match of all time was him, Cena, and Rollins at the Royal Rumble. Um, but yeah, any of those. I, Omega is one of those guys that uh, you just haven't seen him in WWE or face any WWE guys, really. And so far, the taste we've gotten of him versus uh, Moxley, you know, the barbed wire death match had a bad finish, but that was a fun match until <laughs> the sparkler exploded. Um, but uh, I just, yeah, him and Brian, give me, give me Omega and Roman Reigns, and I would be, I would be really, really happy. I think you can also do AJ Styles against a bunch of people, but he's he's clearly starting to wind down a little bit. I actually just want to see him stream again. I hope that they lift the streaming ban in WWE and let these guys stream on Twitch again because that was such a cool era. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I pick. I would go Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega. You mentioned Omega and that. Do you think Omega would ever, ever go to WWE? Or the kind of the flip side there is, do you think Mox would ever go back? I think anything is possible now, yeah. Yeah, anyway. me too. Vince was the problem. If you ever hear when people left, the only person that I don't see going back is CM Punk because he clearly hates Triple H. Yeah. But... <laughs> Everybody else, like, they're the one universal reason people left WWE was it was always Vince. Like, it was never, they never had a problem with anybody else. Even even when it was like Vince's cronies giving them shit, they're like, I know why they're being the way they're being, because it's Vince. Like, they have to be. It's not, they don't want to be that way. It's just, that's who they are. So, yeah, I, I think it's very likely in, in the next, you know, five to ten years or something, we get like a Shield reunion or, you know, Omega Jump Ship or just anything. I, anything is possible now. WWE has the money. And, you know, these guys are not doing something that has a lot of longevity to it. Most people can't be, you know, a Ric Flair uh, and wrestle for a billion years, and, or, nor do they want to be. So if WWE says, you know, Kenny Omega's contract is coming up, he's making $3 million a year or $2 million a year in AEW, come on over here, we'll give you six, and, you know, and we'll give you a lighter schedule. You can get, like, a Roman Reigns deal where you only have to work half the year, and you'd be stupid not to take that. Hey, Matt, I got one last question. Um, I don't know if many people know you used to wrestle, but in your prime, who would you want to face from today's rosters? Like, in your prime, if you were still good to go, who would you want to face? God, none of them, because I wasn't trained. We we just did what we, like, saw. But, like, I always said if I had to wrestle somebody um, that could, like, carry me through it, it'd be like a celebrity match where they carried me through the entire thing because I would never tell them that I was trained because I wasn't. Uh, like, give me, like, a Shawn Michaels or a Kenny Omega. Give me someone who's so damn good that they can just work around me not being a trained person. I knew how to bump. I knew how to run the ropes. Um, and, you know, and in simple moves and things, how to get off the mat. Like, the basic fundamentals I knew. But I, you know, they, we would get in there and in five seconds they go, okay, this guy's a jabron. Like, he doesn't know shit. But as long as they agreed and knew that I was a jabron, that's good. That was Hear me out. If you pick Logan Paul, though, you're allowed to just beat up Logan Paul, though, and get paid for it. Yeah, That's but I can't be unprofessional, though. I would want to, like, stiff him, but can't do it. I respect Logan Paul as a athlete and as a performer, but as a human being that costs me a bunch of income, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, because that pre-reckless eating stuff, that was New Omega Wrestling, if I remember that name right? Yeah, yeah. And that led to just doing some food reviews randomly, which led to yeah. an actual career. And then yep. because Logan Paul was an idiot <laughs> in Japan... um it led to things going away. Well, to a degree, it kind of helped, though, in the long run, because YouTube, I mean, you guys see it. YouTube's an institution, like, it'll always be around in some way, but it's not popular anymore. 
You know, it still is things, it's, it's kind of like The Simpsons. The Simpsons is still popular, it's still around, people watch it, but you kind of just watch it because you watch it. Because it's just, it's just a thing you do. Well, the YouTube's kind of like that. TikTok has, as much as I hate it, has basically taken over the space from younger people. So YouTube as a whole went downhill. It wasn't just Logan Paul, of course. It was many things and just bad marketing and bad decisions. So that big um, adpocalypse era actually helped because it pushed me to just do Twitch or, or, you know, find other ways to make income. And then now Twitch became the job. So it all worked out in, in the end. But also, fuck you, Logan Paul. <laughs> And you, I mean, I'm going to mention this from your wrestling just to kind of bring this back to you at the very end, but you messed up your neck, right? Or your back? Uh, I had back problems It was a ladder match that messed you up? No, it wasn't wasn't any match in particular. I just had back problems for about, after we stopped wrestling for about six years. I still have a bad back here and there. It was from, I uh, feuded with one of our guys. His name is Mike Falcon. And he did German suplexes. German suplexes are a lot of fun, by the way. I always enjoyed taking the multiples because, like, it's just you could the arc you can get, the jump, it's fun, but it's brutal on your back. Like the way you land, you can also you hit your neck. But I had back problems for years because of that. And we only wrestled maybe every two weeks once. I can't imagine these guys going in there and wrestling, you know, multiple times a week. I just I no wonder I don't know how they have bodies that can hold up like that. I know you get a ring callus, they call it, that it helps you to take the bumps. But like there's a reason you see Ric Flair hobbling around and Undertaker hobbling around and, and Terry Funk. Then that's the old school guys. Imagine how a Seth Rollins is gonna be when he's like in his sixties and seventies. You know, like these guys that have been wrestling a much more intensive uh, you know, schedule and these way more intensive matches, like I actually kind of am afraid for uh, the current generation when they get older, because Cena looks good, but if you've ever heard him in interviews, like his body's wrecked. There's one of the reasons he he didn't just go to Hollywood because he was bored of wrestling. His body just couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't do the full-time thing. Like he literally had to decide on a different career and he still comes back and he can still do it here and there. But like, no, I just, I one of the things I fear for a lot of them is that it's just not good for your health long term. What they're doing, think, um, so Christopher Nowinski was the one that used to wrestle and then he did, got into the brain trauma and all that stuff, mm-hmm. famously through Benoit. But they said their studies that they did on Benoit's brain came back that every every bump that they take in the ring, just a normal bump, is like the equivalent of a minor car crash. It's like, that that cannot add up well to your body. So I'd say Jesse Ventura did it right. Get in there, you know, get paid and then at the height of your career right as you're you know you're as popular as you could be bow out and go use that popularity to do something else the one that always worries me is uh darby allen oh yeah that he's i'm amazed he hasn't broken his own neck by now like that ladder thing with jeff the coffin drops onto the apron uh that that one he's lucky he's tiny that's what saved him he's he's tiny and he's young he's still he he won't be doing that in 10 years just because he's not even gonna be around He's not going to yeah. be around in five yeah. years. I like. I think he's. And I mean, he said in interviews that he he said if he dies in the ring, he doesn't care. He's oh. like, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn, don't say things like that. Oh, I hate it. I hate all of it. Yep. But uh, we loved having you here, Matt. See, that's my segue. Uh, yep. So thanks very much, Matt, for coming out here and coming out here. You're doing it from your home. We all are. What am I talking about? <laughs> but for joining us here on thanks top of me. the card uh, again, Matt is found at Reckless Eating. You may we mentioned YouTube. 
he's still on there. It's Reckless Eating at yep. YouTube.com, but also Twitch.tv, Reckless Eating, W's in front of both of those. And again, at Reckless Eating on Twitter and at Matt Zion, W-E. Uh, any last things you want to say here, Matt, before I close the show out? I yeah, just appreciate you guys having me on here. I'm glad I can make a little bit of time and maybe in like a couple months we can do it again. Oh, absolutely. We normally go about an hour. Hey, guys, this went too. But it's a special yeah. guest, so that's what happens sometimes. But uh, again, this is Top of the Card, Top of the Card Pod on Twitter, Top of the Card Podcast. You find it on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play, all that stuff. We even have a YouTube channel, but we don't update it, but it's there. But thanks again, to everybody, for checking this out. Thanks again, Matt, for coming on, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Well, we'll see each other in a couple of weeks. We'll see you in a couple of months. How about that? We'll see how yeah. all out goes. <laughs> all yeah. out and full gear. And we'll touch base on there to see how things have progressed. And we'll remember this. We'll be like, oh, the era is neat. Let's see what yeah. happens in a while. I hope so. Cool, hope cool. so. Keep the momentum. Absolutely. So thanks again, everybody. Have a good night.